Welcome back to another episode, League of Inches podcast, Supercoach team preview. It's our final one for the Supercoach team preview, uh, preview side of things. We've finished our NRL team previews as well. So everything's wrapped up right on time. Trials around the corner. So keen. We've already seen Teamless Tuesday today for the trials. Um, I'm pumped. It is. I can smell it in the air. It definitely now feels like football is around the corner. I already cannot wait this weekend. I'll be plonking myself on the lounge, much to the probably dismay of my lovely partner. Um, she will probably be hating that the fact this has come around already. It feels like just last week we were doing it. But, um, yeah, I, I can't wait. Jesse, we've got a huge episode tonight. We've left three of the mm. – like the way we've done it, we've gone a couple from the top, a couple from the bottom each week, and it's just come to the middle and realised – once basically we realized last week that we left ourselves <laughs> with three of probably the three biggest super coach relevant teams this year. So stick with us because this is going to be a very once again an in-depth. You all keep saying how much you love the in-depth stuff we're doing. This isn't going to be right down your alley. How's your week been, Jesse? You're mentally more than anything prepared for tonight. Yeah, man. I prepped for it, you know, after we spoke about what we had upcoming last week. I was like, holy shit. I think this last um, team preview or reveal, you know, what we're doing, the talking team preview stuff is probably going to be the longest one. Um, yeah. But there are a good lot of teams, these three. And, um, yeah, I suppose the way we sort of formatted the, the videos, we didn't really expect it to end on these ones, but very, very relevant teams, man. A lot to talk about, especially I'm, I'm, I am glad that we happened to leave these ones till the end because there has been quite a lot of news come out in the last day week about these um at least two of these three clubs anyway so um you know if we did a video earlier on it would have been pretty pointless i think so yeah yeah uh, yep. it's, um, no I, lot. I agree and i feel like peeling peeling the curtain back a little bit guys this week like i feel like monday hit so yesterday when we we're recording it today's tuesday and jesse sort of just had another spring in his step like he went to another level and he's he's been pumped pretty much but he had a wedding and stuff on the weekend he obviously had a little bit of a, a getaway and like just had a couple of drinks or whatever yeah. but like i feel like you've just come back and Refresh. it's like you've all of a sudden clicked your fingers and you're in like full on now you're super coach footy mode you're going yep we're in mate it's we're pretty much there you know we've got yeah. team list come out today we've got trials in a couple of days like i can smell it we're so oh, close deep heat Oh yeah! Oh, it's everywhere. It's all over the shop. <laughs> I can't breathe anymore, but I'm ready, man. I'm raring. Yeah, I can't wait. And once again, guys, thank you to everyone who has uh, been supporting the page. Really appreciate everything. Once again, a big shout out to the Super Coach Rings. If you haven't already, uh, we do have our comps. I've completely forgot. My bad to get the Super Coach um, comp code uh, for our overall, but it, it is on our um, pages. So make sure you do click over to our. League of Inches um, page, you will see the comp code there. You can win that huge Super Bowl-style ring that you would have seen all the players after that Super Bowl yesterday. Um, you'll be one of those with your Super Coach champion ring. It, it is absolutely sensational and it's something you want to win. Um, yep. And obviously, again, thank you to um, our, our sponsors uh, for the Super Coach side of things. I guess, Jesse, have you been on the website more uh, this week for the – the fantasy League, stuff fantasy and pro uh yeah i have actually Def of course i have i'm on <laughs> yeah. it every day um they're updating <laughs> more and more player screen. profiles I'm, I'm checking it i was i was looking at my boy drew hutchison's you know recent form at half in the last couple of seasons little things like that you know i'm just want to i want to do my groundwork now before 
before round one. But yeah, man, what a blessing that page is, I tell you. Yeah, we would so do many. a lot more with that stuff, and we're going to start with our um, slideshows and stuff. We'll be featuring a lot of that sort of stats and things like that for you guys moving forward as well. So really looking forward to that side of things. Well, let's get stuck into it. We did say we've got a lot to talk about. First up, we do have the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And Jesse sort of hinted to it. Um, first of all, I saw off with the first five games. I promise everyone tonight and everyone who has been listening, I've been shocking with this. I'm going to remember every time tonight. And if I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with a punishment for me and, and I'll have to do it. Probably some sort of dare or something. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll bleach my head. You know what? I'll hold you. All right, if I forget one tonight, I'll bleach yeah? my head. There you go. No way. Done. Do it. <laughs> um, first round, mainly uh, for the Rabbitohs, they got mainly obviously uh, in Vegas. Uh, that's, I think, that's less than, oh, just over two weeks away or something now. That's yeah. crept up so quickly. Mate, um, Brisbane round two, so obviously uh, they got to first see one of the other Vegas teams. And then the Roosters round three, so they actually get all three teams that are, are going across, so that's that's quite handy. Round four is the Bulldogs, and round five is the New Zealand Warriors. So it's not ideal. I mean, apart from the Dogs, it's a, it's a quite a tough draw um, to start off with, and then it's been compounded with, as Jesse's already sort of alluded to, some injuries that we've learned a lot of recently, especially like obviously Jack White and already suspended for the first couple of weeks. Back round three, Campbell Graham, he's sternum. He's out for now. I think like NRL app's got it here till round 22. Yeah, I've actually gone. heard stuff. He might not even be back for, for the season. They might just get him for, for next year and just make sure his body's right. Yeah. Um, if that's, that's a huge blow because for mine, especially the start of last year, he was huge. arguably the best in the competition. So, Oh, the the fact man. that they've gone from having Whiten and Graham in their center pairing to now, at least for the first two weeks, they won't get that either, even one of them. That's a huge blow. And then you put um, compound that with Walker's uh, apparently 50 50 to even make um, the Vegas trip at the moment. He's injured. And obviously, we heard about Munro um, in the last 24 to 48 hours as well. And he's gone, I think, now for eight weeks or something. So that was another super yep. coach relevant player, which. We will get to the backline side of things, but Jesse just straight up off the injury side of things and that run, it's 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 brutal, man. There's it's some, yeah, there's some it's exciting times for the Rabbits, I feel like this year, but there's that's brutal. Yeah, it kicked them off to the worst possible start too. Like their their fixture run wasn't great to begin with. Um, but I still held I held a bit of hope that well, not hope, like I don't really want them to succeed too much. <laughs> but I want their players to score really good points. And I really felt out. like they would. Exactly. Yeah. I kind of I can't have it too much for them. But I really expected them to come out swinging. You know what I mean? Especially after the way their season ended last year. There was so much infighting. There was so much talk about them. And I just thought that, you know, without really hearing anything from the sheds, I would just sort of expect them to pull their socks up, come out and just really try and prove themselves a point. Um, the fixtures aren't great. Good teams get past them. You know what I mean? Like they can make it work. The Manly game in Vegas is going to be one of those ones where it could be anything. You know what I mean? It could be an absolute blowout or it could be just the shittest game to watch. So who knows where that is? But then, you know, they've got the Broncos and they've got the Roosters straight after. So it was a tricky start. And now they've got pretty much no backline too. So, um, yeah, how unlucky, man. Like, it's tough. lining up with Whiten and Graham 
as your centers, like you said, to having Huge. what they're going to run with Tass and Milne now. I'd imagine Something for at like least a, for at least a little while until Whiten's back. Like it's just it just torched them. So yeah, who knows, man? Rough, rough draw that one. It is, it is, and, and we are obviously talking super good here, but for him, just quickly in an NRL point of view, I think this is not what Coach Demetra wanted or needed. Um, as you said, like, he was under a lot of pressure at the end of last year. There was a lot of stuff coming out about South and how they sort of finished and some murmurs coming out with the playing group and the coaching and the coaching staff and all the like. As you said, they needed to come out firing this year, and this is just... Yeah, this. If you're a South City fan, and I know a few, and obviously we've got random South guy part of our our team for this year, and I know him after talking to him, he hasn't been um, too impressed. It's obviously not the start that they want at all. So, uh, but from a super coach point of view, we're starting with the hookers, uh, Damian Cook, six hundred and sixty-three k average uh, last year is sixty-five in with twenty-three matches, currently owned by four percent of people. Damien Cook, I mean, I've got to be honest. I don't know why this year, but I just have not looked at him at all. Like, I have not spent more than probably two seconds where I've just been scrolling past his name. Like, I just – I don't, and, I, and it probably has to do with the fact that looking down just a touch to Peter Mamazellas, uh, I think that's how, Mamazella, how you pronounce it. He's just recently yeah. re-signed to the club for three years. Yep. Now, unless they didn't have – a plan to start him maybe off the bench for quite a bit this year and start to get him some game time in the NRL. I don't know why where three years comes into it and why they push for three years. Obviously, I know for his camp why they would, but for South to agree to that for a, a guy that hasn't really played much NRL at all yet with the with uh, Damien Cook there. I don't know. Um, I just I think that part of there yeah. sort of just me keeping me to avoid Cook. Yeah, like now you'd have to think that Cook would definitely be slowing down. Like, you know, he's, he's, I would have to say, you know, no disrespect to him. He's obviously been a legend to, you know, the Blues and the Rabbits for a fair while, but he's, he's got to be slowing. And that's obviously why the Rabbits have gone and signed Mamas Ellis on a, a, you know, a bit of a contract there, a bit of a, bit of a longer term play. I don't know how much longer Cook's got as an 80 minute player, though. You know, I mean, you saw him sort of taper off a bit. With that last season and i reckon this season you're going to see a lot more of that rotation from him so it kind of takes that edge off him because his whole appeal was that you know he'd go out there and play 80 every week and you know he'd pump out a good score too so i just yeah you know and his price tag too 660 jeremy marshall king's probably had a lot to do with his um his lower ownership i would say because i would prefer marshall king as well um and then again you know you're so close to grant you can save a bit, go down. It's one of those awkward price tags for, for not not like pretty much no upside too. Um, I don't I don't see him ever really outscoring what he's priced at. So, you get him for where he's at. Their run's not great. They probably will struggle now to begin with. Um, and he will probably more than likely rotate, um, with Mamazelis and lose you know twenty minutes here, there and there. So, um, I feel like yeah, now we're just going to sort of see the decline a little bit in Cook's final years, I'd imagine. So. That's kind of where it's at, but even still, like I, I reckon he still get you a sixty points, you know, pretty comfortably, but not for six sixty. I yeah. just don't feel like it's worth it. Funny you mentioned that. Just quickly looking at the obviously the upcoming opponents, the first three games. So Manly, I'm just going to talk about 2023 numbers. Uh, so you versed Manly once, 
68 points. Uh, the Broncos versed them twice last year for a 59 and a 55. And the Roosters, they played them twice last year for an 88 and a 58. So, um, yep. you know what? You'd probably be pretty happy with those numbers, especially looking at the draw originally going, oh, that's a tough start. If it was to produce those sorts of numbers, you know what? You're probably going, all right. I'm happy with this, and then I'm hoping once he gets to the easier teams like the Bulldogs game, we're getting close to that 100 sort of points, um, which I feel like he could probably produce against like the Dogs, but uh, we don't know what we're going to get from the Dogs yet. But, yeah, I just, I'm just i sort of with you just because of the other players around and like we've spoken about in the past as well. Like you got probably players like Robson and stuff where early on I think they can – keep up with these sorts of players points-wise, like your cooks and stuff, and you're saving a bit of money to help go yep. somewhere else with your team and, and make that position, like a, a different position stronger. So mm. I think that's impacting Cook a lot this year when I look at that, those numbers because in theory, you'd probably look at that and expect it to be about 10% because it's Damien Cook. We know what he can produce. Yeah, I think people are starting to get a bit smarter. Obviously, there's more and more things you can listen to, podcasts and stuff as well, and pages to follow. People are starting to think outside the box of stuff and trying to find better ways to make teams work. I think that's impacted, as you said, Cook quite a bit this year as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Like we can see it more this year with the, you know, the slimness of cashies in general. And, um, you know, obviously how many times have you had to find a cheaper option to someone? I just feel like if you had Cook in there at 660, um, you would have taken a, a bit of chunk of coin out of there. So, if you know, if you have to cash out for 100, you know, you can still get down to your, there's still a fair few 80-minute hookers down there, you know, in the 500s that'll still do a very, very similar job. So, yeah, not not too premium no. anymore for me. So you've got you've got Cranon and that's it, really. So, no, he he isn't. Um, we did mention um, Peter Mamorazelis already, um, which I wouldn't be looking at owning him yet, even if he's 243k, but. Keep an eye on things. I think down the track later in the season, I think we might be starting to have some serious conversations around him, especially if Cook is to go down. And mm. um, Havili, for mine, would never be an 80-minute hooker. So even if he was there, I'd anticipate Mamazelis would be doing the majority of the hooker work um, and spending more majority of the time on the field. So he would then become an option if we were to lose Cook for an extended period of time. Um, front row forwards, we'll start with... Jai Arrow, 466K. I think with the recent injury news that uh, South have gone down, I think that, if anything, may have tempted a few more to go towards Jai Arrow because I think he's nailed down now the starting spot in the second row because of this. They want to put some more um, stability, some more experience around the lineups. Uh, the, the lineup, he's currently owned at 4%. Uh, with an average last year of 45.6 over 14 games. So is there any temptation there for you, Jess? A little bit. Um, there was already a little bit of temptation there to begin with too because he has the duel. And at 466, you know, when you price him with the second rowers especially, um, that's that's right in the midst of all those, you know, mid-guns that we're all looking at. So, um, in the in the front row option though, I think it might actually be quite good because – like if he gets a, I don't know if he's going to get an eighty-minute edge roll, to be fair. But at, in the front row spot, you kind of unexpected to have anyone that's going to do that anyway. So, you know, if he's going to do more than the expected fifty odd minutes for your, for your starting props, it's going to be more upside regardless, potentially anyway. So, for four sixty-six, like you could do a lot worse. 
genuinely. Um, yeah, 4% is quite low. I think when it comes through and then we start to see, um, you know, the Rabbits try and maybe lock in a bit more stability out of that side and, you know, with the injury losses too, they just want to cover themselves a bit more defensively. Um, I reckon that goes up because, you know, Jai Arrow in the past has been a bit of a gun. So there's a bit of, um, you know, you'd be hoping to go back to even just a slight bump in form if he just gets a bit more of a run because there's there's nothing saying he can't jump 10 points, you know, very, very easily off his um, previous average. And I like that. It's just, um, yeah, honestly, I can't really think too much of like a downplay of it, to be fair. I'm, I'm trying to find something that's convincing me not to look at it properly, but I'm just getting I'll more and more another, appealed by it too. I'll throw another point in for you. Um, yeah. You can easily switch between uh, back row and front row during yeah. a game, which is <laughs> extremely handy as well because that increases his minutes that he can play. So I don't know if I'll start with him, but I'll tell you right now, if, say, Burgess or Totola or Kepi are to go down for a period of time, especially early on, I- I'm seriously looking at Jairo because I know that will then increase his minutes. He might start on an edge to start the game and then, 20, 25 minutes into it, he might go into the, the prop rotation for a bit, let some of the big boys have a breather and then go back or, or take a break. But he's already played his 60-odd minutes or something and gotten a shitload of, of base mm. and done what, what Jairo can do. So I think I don't think he's a buy at the moment, if I'm being brutally honest, but I definitely think he's a huge watch. And it's someone, everyone, like you just keep an eye on what's going to happen here because – I don't know what South has done in the offseason if they've walked under ladders, but clearly there's some sort of injury bug there at the moment, unfortunately, and um, yeah. they're getting hit with that that injury stick very early on. So you don't know what's going to happen between now and the rest. Um, they've got the Charity Shield to play. We all know that goes up a bit of a level compared to the other trials because there is a bit of a trophy there to play for. Never know. Just just keep an eye on him. Yeah. Yeah, he's on my watch list for sure, man. I don't know if I'd make the play to get him in, but... I'm definitely, you know, half tempted if something changes. So, no, I agree. Um, Tom Burgess, zero percent. I'm just going to skip past him because I think he's <laughs> going to start off the bench, and he's just not an option uh, anymore. I think that's Tom Burgess's time. The next man, I'm just going to pass it over to you, Tavita Totola, 42.7 average in 2023 from 15 games. I'm actually surprised it was 15. I feel like he hardly played last year, and he ended up playing. 15 games, um, currently owned 3%. And I know one of those 3% is the guy doing this podcast with us, Jesse. Yes. Take it away because I know I'm going to declare he's been your man from the start of this and everyone's starting to pile on. At 3% ownership, I don't think many people are piling on. It's more so I just, I don't know, man. I've just got a bit of a feeling about it. Um, I like what I see from him, you know, like he seems like just looking at his previous scores, he has a 50 season and he has a 40 season. He has a 50 and then a 40. And he's due for his 50 this year, just going off that. So that's as basic as you can go into stats. But, um, you know, you look at the forwards, you currently look at the injury situation, you think, what are they going to be doing as far as, you know, well, it's mainly in the backs that you're sort of worrying about. But again, anything can happen. Um, I feel like, you know, I've seen, you know, we've all seen those preseason photos of the team getting through and there's, they're all, you know, raving on about Totola and how fit he is and how ready he is, ready to go. And I like that, you know, I like that bit of preseason hype out of it in general. It gets me going a little bit. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I've looked at it. I've looked at 435 as a price tag. All I see is an absolute minimum for him at 435. I don't think 
even if there's not a great deal of upside, even if it's just, you know, he'll score a 50, he might score a 60 or he'll score a 40. You know what I mean? I'm fine with it at 435. Um, it's definitely a fine plug. If I have to change down the line, you know, if he goes up, happy days. If not, I'm happy to play it. Um, but yeah, I've had him in the team, I think since like day one, basically. I just looked at it and I thought, yeah, I can get on board with that. I, I remember drafting Totola a few years ago. Um, when I, I think I just needed to fill a hole, I had an injury or something. I can't remember the specifics, but when I got him in, he was an absolute weapon for maybe six or so weeks while I had him. And I would have been later towards the end. So I would have had more of a push though. I remembered having him so much, but he was just a beast and he never put me wrong once. And then, you know, occasionally every year after that, I might've picked him up and he's always done me good. So um, I've got that bit of loyalty to him, I think, but at the end of the day, man, I'm, I'm very happy with his price. Um, there's a, there's a bit around that early 400s. And when I decided to get away from the the big Haas play in the front row and then try and spread the cash out, I was just like, cool, man. If I have to have Toller as my starting main prop, obviously you're not going to uh, captain anyone. He's not going to be my captaincy option. But um, there's no bias to worry about for, I think, seven, six, seven rounds. Um, they play through for a long while. There's not much to worry about. I just feel like it's low risk as long as he stays fit. That's pretty much... It's very safe much, from you. It is. Well, I think you need to here and there. You know what I mean? I've got risk yeah. everywhere and I've got a lot of upside. Like I go for those ceiling plays where you can, but at the end of the day, like you still need to have something that's just going to pot along. Um, last year, it was Christian Welsh. He was my pot along prop. Um, you know, everyone's had those I think guys. I just... the position you can have the safety option there. If you, you, you yeah. can just get some guys that... As you said, plot along at 45 to 50 each week. You know, you're going to get 100 points between them or whatever. And that's basically what you want, I think. Especially to start with yeah. for Supercoach when you're getting the rest of your team worked out and, and trying to get all those backline guns in and things like that. I feel like the more I'm starting to do stuff within the Supercoach circle, I feel like props that one where you can just go, you know what? I'm just going to give it away. I'm going to give them, give the pain house owners who want to spend on that, you know what? take your extra 20 points in the long run, I'll get you. Yeah, it's it's like a safety first thing, really. Um, yeah. Just get someone in there that can do a job while I work out how to make my cash elsewhere because you're not really going to make a lot of cash in your props, realistically. Um, and if you are going to, it's, it's kind of that price point that you want to get someone at that will do it because, you know, you're getting someone in the 550s and – and, you know, anything above that, really, it's kind of all base. And you can't rely on any attacking stats for any prop. You know, like AFB was a, as an outlier with Tino last year. Yeah. Like, you're not going to – that's the reason why there's only two or three of them at the top and then it fell off is because it just doesn't happen all the time. Um, so when it does happen, you know, you take it and you fucking run with it. If you hold on and you think, damn, I just got to try for a prop, those points are usually worth 40 on their own because of how much work they do to get to the line. So, um yeah, if you've got a freaking massive unit like Totola as well, and if you're right there on the 10, like you've got to just pray and hope it goes to him and he can charge over. But um, there's no risk at 4.30, man. And I feel like it could only go up, and I'm, I'm just fine to plug it with a bit of safety for once. So that's where I am with it. No. I, I respect that. Um, and look, as I said, you started Tavita's Totola movement. You are the 
I feel like you've got a bromance with him. I hope this year you and him yeah. meet, uh, get a photo, and oh. we'll stick it up on League of Inches. It'll be a, be my background. I feel like because <laughs> this is one the start of something special between the two of you. And Tavita, if you are listening, reach out. Um, we will make it happen. I hope you could both. Even though he is a diehard Roosters man, don't take that to heart. Um, he's I'm a diehard super coach man, bloke. and he's yeah, he's, he's been more loyal. Super coach now. He's been loyal. I think it goes back to almost 2019, 18, where I got onto the Totola thing. Early, early days for him too. That's why no one really picked him up. So he was doing good things then, man. He's always done the same sort of numbers. So very consistent for at least you know six years. Uh, can't knock it. Ride or die. Um, <laughs> next on the list, Sean Kepi got the jewel as well, 385k. Against his former club straight off the bat. You love that as a player just to get that match out of the way. Um, 2% ownership, 37.8 average. To be honest, I don't see him getting any extra workload here at South at the moment. Probably and not. the Jai Arrow, not knowing what Jai Arrow's role is, pretty much just tells me no to Kepi at the moment because I feel like Arrow might even eat into some of his minutes um, when it comes to the prop rotations and stuff. So, yeah, I'm not interested in Kepi. No, neither am I. To be honest with you, I'm not really interested in anyone else in their um, yeah. forward pack line. To be honest, looking down the list, Shakai Mitchell, um, Saluka Fafita, Malali, none of them are options. None of them are relevant. Um, even yeah. if they do get an increase in minutes, I still don't like any of them as a pick. So it's uh, Totola or nothing. Maybe. On the Malali okay. one, um, yeah. I have heard people talk about him. I don't, I'm with you. I don't get it because I look at, especially just the forward pack alone, like here the props. If he is, he's going to be a bench forward, and I'm seriously wondering if he can get over 20 minutes. And if like, that's my serious concern, I don't know if he's going to be able to get the minutes to become super coach relevant, even at 265k, because no. he's not bottom dollar. There's definitely props out there that are cheaper than him that will get for mine more minutes on a consistent basis elsewhere. Yeah, two percent no, ownership. I just yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not getting the Moale talk. No, I think it's just more so need someone cheap but again you can get cheaper with more potential upside samuel hughes is for one you know and he's cheaper so i just i, I don't see it um but you know there's a lot of coaches out there and it's a big game so someone's got to own him it's got a big oh, family um second row forwards mr cameron murray uh nine yes. percent ownership 62.6 average last year Tw- oh, through 21 games. Um, are you still an owner? Not at the moment. No, I was for a long, long time. Oh. I'd have to just try and find a way in, man. I'm still, I still do want him. And I think now with everything going on, I think he might just have a bit more workload for himself. Um, but again, man, I made the point a long time ago that I feel like he's just very undervalued where he's coming in at. Um, if you don't get onto him early, it'll be one of those picks that you probably just don't get. We don't make down the line either. Um, and the ones that do own him are going to probably enjoy what he's doing. So I had him last year and he um, he did tank a little bit, um, sort of did pick up a little bit towards the back. But at the, you know, right in the middle of the season where everything started to change, he obviously did drop. But you're going to get those 70s like base, you know what I mean? Like at least a 70 out of him. And he's priced at, you know, 60, 62. So. There's upside there for what? sure, but yeah. You know what? I feel like, and I just quickly looked at the scores after I thought this, and it sort of sums it up for me. Even though it's a hard start for South, 
that's sort of the games that he shines in. And you don't like for me as a super coach, and if I was wanting to make the play, it wouldn't put me off selecting him. If anything, I'd be thinking I want him more because I know I'm going to get quality out of him and probably yep. more minutes because JD seems to play him longer for these bigger games. And look at his average last year for Manly, they versed him once, as I said, 60 points. For the Broncos, 76 and a 43. Um, I have a feeling that 43, I actually think he may have gone off. I think there could have been a head knock or something there. I'm not too sure, but um, all Broncos were just, it was a good game. Um, then the Roosters, a 92 yeah. and a 61. So, and then in 2022, he actually got 129 against them. So, he's been able to produce some pretty good scores against some of these uh, teams. So, as I was saying, like it doesn't put me off if I was interested. I, personally, I'm not just because there's so many mid ranges and it frees me up 200k not yeah. having him. That's the only thing that's putting me off getting him. But if I was to able to find 200k somewhere and I was happy with the rest of my team, he'd probably be that guy I actually go for because I can definitely see upside with him with that draw. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. Those games too. The that 43 points he played 70 minutes. Um, that was just where he started tanking. Um, yeah, okay. He did it a few times. So he did it against the Panthers. He scored 46, and he did it against the Storm, scored 40. So, you know, going against Panthers, Broncos, Melbourne, it's a pretty rough three-game run. Yeah. Um, he did pretty shit in pretty solid minute rolls, but, you know, it, it was – everyone did. And he actually well, – he bottomed out at 467K. Like, that's insane. Um, that's very cheap for him. So – you know, you do take the risk, but oh man, if he gets anywhere near that, if he gets close to five hundred, you got to be jumping on that sort of thing because, you know, they they did pick up, and then from what was it from round eighteen, it was an eighty six, a seventy six, a seventy eight, seventy two, like pretty much exactly what you expect from Cam Murray. Um, and now another thing too, like obviously there are a lot of mid ranges, and we've made the point about how much they would have to make to get into like a day for feeder territory without having a really boost or dismantle something else um it gives you that little notch up you know if he does start to go up if he comes out in the first few weeks and scores you know 70 75 80 90 points um he will go up and then it's going to put you in you know almost just reaching distance of trading him to Fafita if that looks really really good on his side so that's that's kind of the reason why i did want to have someone in that price as well um at the moment i don't but i would just need to cull one of them to boost the other one up so i'm, I'm not opposed to it yet but um, I'm still just holding on to that Cleary Hines combo, man. If I don't do that, <laughs> the sky's anything could happen. So yeah, I, I see him there and I want him. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Next on the list, Keon Kalo Matangi, two percent ownership, six hundred and twenty-six k, so about thirteen k cheaper than Murray. Sixty-one k, sixty-one point three average last year with eighteen games. There's something about Keon that always has me tempted to go for him. And yep. no matter what his price tag is, it just feels like he's that damaging ball running forward who can produce some good scores. And then I look at it and I see like last year against me only 72 points. The Both the Broncos games, he got 40 points. Roosters, 45 points, but then they got 104. There's one of those 100 games I was talking about. So... That's I think that's what you're gonna get from him. And that's the annoying thing, because in reality, he's a gun. Like I, yeah. I've got him in the blues team already this year, and so I think that's that's the level he will get to in twenty twenty four. But 
from a super coach's perspective, he's sort of he's a frustrating player to own. I have owned him in the past. I've reaped the benefits, but I've also been stuck with him as well. Um, I'm, I'm I'm really not sure what to do with him this year. I don't know what mm. what to think of the two percent because part of me is thinking two percent is pretty low for him, but then I'm thinking two percent is also probably fair enough, especially once again. Like we mentioned it every single time we talk about second rollers. Just that mid-tier range is, is, I think, impacting a lot of these yeah. more expensive sort of players where in any other years, these sorts of percentages, like the 2%, would probably be 6 or 7% in, in any other year. Yeah. So mid-ranges are more relevant this year than ever, really, and we've seen it. Um, everyone's talking about it, and everyone's second row looks the same. So, again, like at his price, I would just go up, what is it, 9 8K and get Cam Murray because yeah. I'd prefer that. But the thing is with Koloma Tangi, he passes the eye test every single game, and then you check his scores, and they're just not up to scratch compared to what you think he would have done. Because you just see every run that he does, and it does look damaging, man. Like you see, he'll do a couple of things, and you're just thinking, "Holy shit!" Like this guy's just gone an absolute tear, and it just hasn't translated. So, um, I'm a fan of him, though. I actually haven't had him before. I've always looked at him, and I've always thought about making the trade there, and I'm. A, I'm a bit of an advocate to try and get him into the team, but I have actually not done it before. Um, so I've always just admired from afar. So I haven't felt the sting like you would have done last season. But, um, nice. you know, you, you see the ups and downs with him and it just it's just unfortunate with his sort of game, man, because, yeah, you're going to be getting a lot of those 50s, 60s. Again, he has got the upside for it. Like he has got that sort of potential to, to really get you 100 points, but it, it won't happen often. But. Too um too high at the moment with the amount of mid tier players. It's the only reason his ownership's low, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, moving on, Jacob Host, Michael Cheekham, both zero percent ownership, and there's reasons for that. I don't think either can uh, get into this team, especially at the moment. Full strength forward pack. Um, the only other player I really want to talk about in here is Talis Duncan. Twenty two percent ownership. Surprised that's not more. If I'm actually being honest. Um, and this is my reason for the fact that I think he is one of the first players you should be getting in a second-row position. Look, I've, we've already spoken, but the injuries have probably affected his chances of starting. But he's one of those players, I don't think whether it's starting or off the bench, will impact him too much when it comes to super coach points because I can still get him, see him getting enough minutes. Um, and it's going to be quality minutes from, from him. Like, I feel like... He's going to be one of those real breakout stars this year that we end up looking back on it. He's got a points per minute of 1.2 points per minute. Um, and he's just like a, he's a worker. He's one of those guys that when yeah. he gets on the field, the ball just finds him and, and players find him. He's tackling everyone. He's, he's like a headless chook in a way. And these young, talented players with those sorts of um, – with that mind frame and, and stuff, is that who I'm sort of like the look of. And I know that's going to – uh, equal super coach points. So hmm. I'm, um, yeah, I'm all over Talos Duncan to start the year. Yeah. No, me too, man. Um, you know, the hype's definitely there for him. If he can get that spot, which, you know, I feel like he's going to at least appear, he's going to feature, whether it's starting or not. I don't think he'll start for a little bit, but I, um, I definitely reckon he'll get a bit of a run. He might be priced at what he'll do to begin with until he sort of picks those minutes up. Um, it might be a bit of a slow burn, but if he can get a starting spot or, um, even just a bit more of a bench minutes role. Um, I like the pick, man. There's not too much at the 320s for your second row anyway. So, um, yeah, it, it could just be a high ownership 
big hype train sort of thing leading into the first round. It doesn't go anywhere, but it can't hurt to throw him in there for now and just hope you see him because he did do some pretty cool stuff last season. Um, you're right about him out there too. Uh, it just seems to gravitate towards him. It seems like he's every second run that comes through. Like he'll yeah. just go for the hit ups. Like I think he can just he wants to prove a point. It seems so. You know, and it's got to be he's just there. He's yeah, exactly. Like he sort of just pops his head up and he's just there. So obviously he's got the work rate for it. You know, it's not happening on its own. Like he's he's finding the ball himself. So um, yeah, it would be good to see him get a run, man. I don't think it can hurt in general for him. Um, but there is a fair bit of talent to get through. So just have to wait and see. But I, I like it. I like the pick there. A lot of people are on him. He's a talent. He is a very talented player. Uh, halfback, Lockie Elias or Dean Hawkins. That's pretty much their NRL battle as well. It's between them and they're pretty, I feel like they're pretty close. And I think Hawkins will, will end up having the seven jersey um, from a lot of this year um, personally, but that's no knock on Ilias. I just don't feel like it has been working uh, for, for no. South City and him that um, 2% ownership for Ilias. I am scratching my head at that one, even though it's a small amount, 427K. Yeah. I can't see it. Like I looked at his scores, and if you're getting him for the the run that they've got, there's a 51 against Manly, which you probably would would take with him. But the rest, 24 and 36 against the Broncos, and a 39 and a 37 against the Roosters. So, oh, it's it's not I good, just, man. I can't see see him. No. Um, no. If Hawkins no. ends up getting it, I can I can see a temptation for maybe Hawkins down the line. But again, halfback's hard because I'm with you. Like I. I, in my head, I really want to avoid probably Nathan Cleary and try and change it up. I just can't do it. I, I, every time I try and do it, it just, I don't know. I'll get the shakes. I'll get, I'll get like all yeah. sweaty and the knees are weak, palms are sweaty. And um, <laughs> I just can't do it to myself. So I'm just, nah. I don't You're not going Cleary down to, you're not going from Cleary to Ilias in a million years. Not even for a cash down. Nah. Um, look, Dean Hawkins fan, who knows? Who knows what that's going to do? Um, I'd be surprised to see him, but you know, if you've got a bit of hope there for him to come through, you're going to play with that sort of money in your halves. I don't think so. No, no, you need to have players playing as well. That's the other big key thing that we will continue to to tell everyone, especially to start the year, as many players playing in your squad as you can possibly fit and make work. Uh, five eight. The only one to to touch on here is obviously Cody Walker, three percent ownership, seven hundred and five k. Uh, for mine, is a no-go now that he's under an injury cloud. Um, that's not helping uh, at all. I just 705k. I'd rather spend a bit more and go Dylan Brown personally. And I just that's all I've really got to say on Cody Walker. I am three percent ownership should be lower. Should be way lower. Like I'm not a fan. Um, I'll make that quite vocal. I don't like. I don't know him. Obviously, it's nothing personal. I just can't stand him. I can't stand watching him. I've been burnt by him before having him in a team, and I thought, you know, what? I'm never going to do that again. I've been burnt by players. You know, you get burnt here and there, but I take it personally when it's him. So, I um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not not happening for me. It, you couldn't pay me to have Cody Walker in the team. I know there's some people that you know like it, and if he gets a bit of a run going, I, I'll still find reasons to go anyone else. So, yeah. Not the kind of person you want asking the opinion for this one. I'm not a fan. No. <laughs> Sorry, Cody. No, it's 700K, it's, it's 700 too much, in my opinion. 
Let's let's move on from Cody. <laughs> um, Campbell Graham, seven hundred and three k. There's still one percent that own him. Whoever you are out there, or the people that own him, get hurry up, and move him on. He's out till around at least twenty two. Uh, he's not playing this year, so so move him on. Alex Johnston, three percent, and I'm going to switch over to Jesse here because he's currently an owner at five hundred ninety six k. Average last year fifty eight point four over twenty three matches. I'm going to start off by asking you this question. Is the fact that he's edging closer to the try-scoring record making you a bit more keen on owning Alex Johnson, the fact that South Sydney players will be passing him the ball over the line to hope he gets there? There's so many more reasons now that, that I want Alex Johnson. And if it sounds like as well, like you mentioned he's in my team, if you watch the team reveal and he wasn't in there, my team obviously changed since then. So... I have got him back in. He was in my initial team reveal. Um, I think when I did the initial team reveal, I spoke about why I had him in the team too. Um, he is just a gun try scorer. Um, he'll score just bucket loads. I think now the fact that their right edge has been decimated, um, they want to put Kalamatangi on the left as well. I don't know what they're going to do with that right edge anymore. I think it's just finished. Like you're going to have everything channeling down the left. You, you may as well just have a left edge and forget the right-hand side in general because there's just nothing <laughs> left of them. They've given up on the right-hand side. It's finished. Um, all the attention's on the left. So AJ's obviously going to get the, the bulk of pretty much every side of attack, I would say. Um, when Whiten comes in, Whiten will be there. Um, unless, obviously, they put Whiten to the other side to sort of balance it, but he's played 5-8. Like, he's already right next to him anyway. So he's just going to have so much more opportunity. He's so close to that all-time try scorer too. So... I, I reckon he gets it this year. Um, I reckon he does better this year than he did last year because I just think he's just going to be force-fed the ball a bit more, and I will 100% get on board with that. So um, the run's not good, I'm gonna, but I'll take it. I'm going to try and talk the super coach expert out of a play. Go on then, please. I feel like I'm the opposite to you. I feel like now that the injury news has come out, I feel like it's become more predictable what way South Sydney will attack, even more so than ever before. And I think teams have, especially the back half of last year, are starting to work them out a lot more uh, and, and how they attack. Um, it's still a potent, potent left edge. Do not get me wrong about that. It is still fantastic. I'm actually, if I was in your shoes and I was tempted with Alex Johnson, personally because of the injuries that have happened recently, I would be jumping off. Yeah. Especially early on with the draw. I wouldn't overthink it. You gotta think like it hasn't stopped him before. Like he'll still pop twenty plus tries out of you. Everyone sort of works that out. You can't you can only do I so much. I think he's gonna drop in price though. I think he's gonna drop in price early. Look at the he scored last year against Manly thirty seven points. The Broncos eighty two and a twenty nine. Uh yep. and the Roosters are twenty four uh and a fifty nine. Yeah, one game over. Yeah. No, it just depends. Like the thing with him is that you have to time his ownership. You know what I mean? Like you really have to just find the point where he's firing. And it all depends on how the rabbits start firing. It's obviously where he starts scoring those tries. So um that's kind of why I had that bit of hope for them to start early on, because I thought that he could probably hit the ground running with it. Um now I just feel like if anything's gonna happen, it has to happen down the left regardless of how they're doing anything. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, he's, he's done me good in the past. I, I can't really knock it for that. 
I don't hate the price, to be fair. If I was going to change to anyone else in the 600s, it'd be Karaz. And um, at the moment, I'm, I'm finding, you know, I'm splitting hairs trying to pick which one it is. But when you just look at it on paper, I think AJ's just got a bit more upside, um, at uh, least just out of that what? attacking thing. So I'm actually bursting you this year. So I think you should keep AJ. Uh, I think it's okay. a really, really good buy for you. So. I really hope the fixtures line up where he plays the Tigers. And he scores six tries against you. That's a... And you got captain on him. <laughs> yeah, I've I've captained him in the past too, and I've gotten really good points out of it. So he's one of those um, old faithfuls. But trying to talk me. Isaiah Tuss, five hundred and seventy-seven k, 0% ownership. Um, even with this news that has come out now, I still don't really think I'm going to be jumping yeah. on for him, so I'm happy to move on. Jack Whiten, 529K, 6% ownership. Holy shit, what are you guys doing? Uh, he's not he's playing defended. until round round three, so jump off because especially to start with, he's not he's not a a play. Um, and personally, I don't even know if he's a play yet once he is playing because I just don't know the role he's going to have. I don't know how involved he's going to get himself. Um, I've still got some question marks around how involved he will be. So I don't even think he's a super coach play to start with once he is playing um, personally. What about you? Do you, uh, do you think um, one's a play or? Um, I don't hate the play to be fair. Like obviously 3% ownership definitely don't start with him. They just don't realize that he's suspended. Um, but like it's tempting if he was playing. Hey. Where are they? Where are they being? Everyone's yeah, like being oh, I don't know. News. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. Um, look, he's the only times he's really played at center was instead of Origin, and yeah. he did piss all. Like he's done nothing at center. So like going off that, it's it's not very good. It's not a good reference point to look at. So you can't go that and go okay. Yeah, that that obviously that price is five eight points. Um, whether or not he's just another 5'8 out there and he's just doing as much work as Walker's doing, who knows? But again, I do want to see him before anything happens. Um, he's another player like Cody Walker that you can just absolutely fry you in a week and do nothing. So it's a, it's a very, you know, wrapping with caution because it's risky. But yeah, it, it's pricey to start. But if he doesn't, you know, if he comes out flying, I, I wouldn't be surprised. So. He obviously wanted to be there too. Like he just seemed like he wanted to get away from the Raiders. So maybe the mental state thing might be better for him. Um, Cause I think he took a mad pay cut to get away from him. So, um, you know, could see some good footy out of him, man. I know people out there that would pay quality money to get out of camera, but that's another story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tyrone Munro, um, 6% ownership. I think that's because no, these people probably haven't, logged in to the app since the news has um, come out that he's out for, I think it's eight weeks or something. Weeks. So he's definitely not a, not a play. Uh, so let's just get him out of the team, unfortunately, because there was a, a bit shame. of temptation around him. Um, yeah. 483. I know you personally have been tempted with him. I think that you had him once or twice when you were playing around with your team. So yeah, yeah, maybe down the track, maybe once we get to the origin period and stuff, we might be able to talk about him again and say, you know what, maybe Munro is that sneaky option to get because when south of time and they run, they always are like a back half, usually mm. a specialist apart from last year. But yeah, yeah, he was that. Um, he was that option that I was going to go. If it's not Johnson, it's hundred k less. I'll go to Munro, and I feel like they're probably going to do the same. Maybe Munro can actually do more, but then obviously Graham got injured, and I thought, okay, well there goes. I was like, you know what, Graham's out. 
Munro's position on the wing was, you know, already in contention, but I don't feel like it's in as much contention anymore because they'll be moving into the centres. And then, like, three days later, broken collarbone. I thought, well, there goes that in general. So who cares? But eight weeks for a broken collarbone. Have you broken your collarbone? I fractured it. I snapped mine clean in half. Poked it right out. Eight weeks. Like, his, his X-ray is a, is a clean snap straight in half. There's no chance I'm doing any sort of tackling after eight weeks. I'm not a, you know, physical athlete like these guys. <laughs> but a broken oh, bone on, is you a are. fucking... Yeah, super You're a coach, super athlete. coach athlete. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, a broken bone's... It's broken, man. It's going to flog. I don't care how much padding you put on it. Eight weeks they'll is too soon. Plate, they'll put the plate over it and stuff. Oh, they got to do something, man. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's a shame. It's a shame that option's off the table now because it was very, very tempting. It, it might just make it a bit easier to choose against it because, obviously, he's not going to start. But, yeah, it was. Um, it did look pretty good for a while. So, yeah. hopefully, no more of them. Um no, I don't want to talk about anyone else really for the back line, so I'm going to move on to fullback. There's no real other options that I can see for South. Fullback, there is only one player at the back, and he is pictured on our beautiful slides, and it's Latrell Mitchell, 789K, 10% ownership currently, uh, a 77.3 average uh, uh, with uh, from 16 matches last year. I was part of the 10% ownership, but I got off it last week with our live episode, not anticipating any live trades this week's episode, but who knows? I said that, I thought that last week, but then I got Teddy in my team. But um, yeah, Latrell Mitchell. Uh, and there, I've sort of, there's a point up there about can he be trusted? I can't trust him yet. Um, I need to see it. And I'm happy to be burnt by not having him for the week that he scores. He's 100 or something. At least then I'll know, okay, we've got Latrell back. I love Latrell Mitchell. I love everything he can do on the football field. I think he's one of the most naturally gifted football players we've been able to see in our lifetime. We are so lucky to have him around. I, I hate some of the things that get said about him and, and how people treat him, but there is a, a thing there that he can – I don't know if it consistently is the right word, but – he has a tendency to be in and out of games quite a bit, and if he's not there mentally, then he just is completely zoned out. We've heard this off-season. He said he's matured a lot. He wants to be there for South Sydney and be their main guy. I'm hoping that's the case. Again, I'm hoping I'm burnt by him because that means we've got that Latrell Mitchell that we all want, and I'll be moving heaven and earth to get him um, once we do see that Latrell, but I can't start with him. No? Yeah, man, I'm very, very tempted um, I'm very tempted with fullbacks that kick in general. Um, yeah. Obviously, it just adds a whole other element to how much points they can score. And if the team's firing, he's firing, and he's also kicking, and he kicks well. So um, I think this year he is underpriced quite a lot, to be fair. I think it's only a matter of time before we see him win a Dally M, I hope, because um, he is that guy, man. He's... He can do it. Like, he's a freak, man, absolute freak when he's on. So it's one of those players, like, you know, you look at 22, you average 85, but 100 is hundred's easy work for him, man, when he's playing, if he's if he's in the right space for it. So um, I think if you're going to get him, you get him at a discount right now. Um, I, Have you got I the stats he, opened up? Yeah. 
Don't look at the the last like the three opponents coming up stats. I want to ask you a question. What do you reckon he he averaged last year versing Manly, Brisbane, and and the Roosters? Um. Well, I'm looking at him. So average, you're probably oh, looking right, at 80, 80 plus. Like obviously he had that 34 against him, but a 68, 141. Like he's he's put it on every big team there is, man. 96 against the Broncos, 66 against the Roosters. Here and there, like you know, and you got to look at his price too. It's off a seventy-seven average. Like, I feel like Latrell can walk into seventy-seven points. Um, but he only done that once against these teams last year, a ninety-eight, a ninety-six. Yeah, but we had all the a... problems. Like there was a lot of problems with the Rabbitohs last year. Obviously, yeah. we don't know yet. Had the game hasn't even started yet. Yeah, we don't know how it's going to go. Obviously, they've got a bit to to work on at the moment. Um, but it's Latrell, man. Like you get him in and out of these games, and you take the risk on it. But when you when you don't own him, and he's scoring like a hundred, 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 it's like everyone that I didn't have drink water last year. And you're looking at him, and you're thinking, how the hell do I get this guy in the team? And then by the time you can, he's already priced out a point. I feel like at the moment, it's kind of like one of the best prices you're really going to get him at. Um, there's a chance he dips, come round four, um, but that's against the Bulldogs. And I, I like you know if you're going to get on him. You want him for the Bulldogs game at least. Yeah. So um, it's it's very tempting, man. Like there's a lot of options at fullback this year and he's almost the cheapest one out of all of them that you'd really want to be pushing for, for that main guy. Obviously, you've got Teddy in there and I had him in there last week too. Um, and I like him at 700, but the problem is, is how tight they all are in price. So at the moment... Does, um, does hmm. the weaker backline... Uh, Put you off a bit, getting Latrell? Not really. No, doesn't. It, it sort of just means, I just reckon it means that he does more individually. Obviously, you know, Teddy has that issue of about overplaying his hand and doing too much. I don't feel like Latrell can do too much. I feel like he does too little, if anything. So it might force his hand to play a bit more, um, which is always good for his score because the more he gets the ball and the more he does, the more he will just explode. So if he hasn't got a reason to sit back um, or if they're getting walked on, that's a different story altogether, but I don't know. I just, I'm always tempted by Latrell all the time if I don't have him. And I suppose if I do have him, I'm yelling at the TV, wanting him to do something good. So um, it's just, yeah, like he's four, he's 789. You've got a couple above him at 800, and then you've got Tommy Turbo at 833, who's currently my backup fullback. He's the second fullback in my team as it stands. Um, obviously, love Tommy, and I love the upside out of him. Um, it's just Latrell can do this very similar things, and he also has the kicking upside too. So, man, 10% ownerships, I, I feel like it could be higher, to be honest. You know, he's, he's good, man. He's a really good option. Um, but you do take it with a bit of risk. So there's that. Yep. Now, as I said, I do hope I eat my own words and Latrell starts the season on fire. I remember last year, like when they had like the Panthers, I remember that game pretty uh, close. I remember it quite well. And that was a quality Penrith side and he just stepped up and I think he scored pretty well that day, super coach wise, and he played a, a blinder as well. And he definitely, as I said, when he's on, like when his mind is, is there, he's, Arguably, arguably the best player in the competition. So um, it's definitely nerve-wracking not owning him. Um, 
but I won't say right now that I will go the whole year without having him. I think there will be a point in time that I do try and, and have him, but as you said, I might be bit and I might not be able to get him, but see what happens, see what I can work around. I don't have an unlimited salary cap like you do for your teams, so <laughs> I've got to actually work work with us normal Supercoach plebs, that's that's where I'm at at the moment. I don't get the, the KFC slippers and towel and, and vouchers. So Yeah, I've um, got the Nick Politis voucher for the extra five mil yeah, budget. You've got you've got everything, but yeah, that that's <laughs> um basically it for I think South Sydney. I think we can happily move on. I, I feel like we've covered South quite well. Yeah. Um, and again it was detailed deluxe and we're going on to Parramatta Reels, uh, Supercoach team preview. When I was, first of all, the, the pitches, they're the first ones I've seen actually had the 2024 player profiles on. So mm. um, that was okay, apart from the fact that I hate their jersey. So I hate our jersey, bad, I'm a fan. I don't think it looks too that's bad. Cause on, that's because it's on Dylan top. Brown, who I would put yeah. as one of the, the sexiest men in the league. I think he's very underrated, but anyway. That's when he's not going out to nightclubs and getting up to mischief. Um, but we, we, we move on. Um, straight away, uh, the fullback position, again, it's Gutho, 807K, 2% ownership average, 79 in 23 games last year. He just seems to play week in, week out. Um, he did get a knock last game against the Panthers, though, which has prevented him from having a huge offseason. I know he's been restricted in a lot of the things he can do, which I think that's the first time in a, in a long time he hasn't been able to do a proper uh, preseason. So I don't know how much that will impact Gutho, but he's generally a fitness freak. So yeah. um, going off the, the first five games as well, um, I haven't finished yet, so that's not a bleach, bleach of the hair. So um, I didn't forget the Bulldogs round one, Penrith round two, Manly round three, the Tigers round four, and the Raiders round five. So... Not bad. That's not a not a bad yeah. one. Um, I just feel like at the moment with the players around 807K for a consistent Gutho, and when we say consistent, they were probably talking probably that 70-odd mark would be a, a consistent sort of year. I just don't think he's super coach relevant at the moment. No? I would have thought you'd be all over well, it. I think, too, I think 2% I was, ownership is criminal. I was because of the the it is a decent start to the season. Yeah, so I feel it's like really good. It's really good. He's mystic. I will come out and say, as a para fan, I do not like to mix my team I I support with Super Coach. I try and steer clear so it's not too much emotion for me. So that might be coming into play a little bit. So it might be better for you to comment on a lot of these players because I'll be doing it a bit biased. Um, wow. Do you see him as a play? I had Gutho for so oh, – man, I think I had Gutho more than any fullback last year because I did have a fair few of them rotating. Man, he killed it. He was so good to have last season. I couldn't believe the scores I was getting out of him. Like, I was, you know, 130s and 20s, 110s, like almost every other week. Everything was a minimum 80. I was like, this is unbelievable. This is Gutherson that we're talking about. And Like, whether it was because – Dylan Brown wasn't there and he, you know, stepped up and made the made that extra bit of effort out of himself. He was just everything. Holy fuck. Everything was Gutho, man. I couldn't believe it. Like I, I put a lot of my scoring down to where like where I placed down to having him from quite early, man. It was it was mental. So 
I've been very tempted about it. And I see his ownership at 2%. And I'm like, that is an insane pod to have considering yeah. what I know he can do. And whether it was just a, the team, it was just between Moses and Gutho and they just kind of had to run the show together. Um, Cause I'd like to see his stats with Brown in the team. I feel like it would take a bit of a turn down, but um, yeah, I, I haven't actually put him into a team this year and I've always looked at it. And so that 800 K, you know, when you look at 800, you're thinking of the, you're chasing upside with the turbos and Walsh and all these other big superstars. And you just don't put Gutho in the same bracket. And um, I feel like, you know, most weeks, like you might How not get they? the hundred and hundred and forties out of him all the time, but he can do it. He did it last year. I just don't feel like he can tank as hard as like your Latrells and Walsh's can. You know what I mean? I feel like at the very least he'll still get you that 70. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a very, very good year for him. Um, probably the best year he's had, I would say, in recent memory. I don't think he's ever averaged more than, yeah, 79 seems to be his highest average that I can see. So, um, you know, whether he backs it up or it was just one of those years, he ended up season ranked third, third highest point scorer. There, the, the buy run for the Eels last year was beautiful through those major buys in those three rounds. So, you know, there's, there's always a time to get on him. Um, I think this year they're in the very similar position. So um, I think he's a play if you're looking for someone solid and reliable and, you know, will do you a bit of a job. Obviously, he might take a bit of a downturn just because it was a, a career year for him in general. Um, but, yeah, you just can't go wrong, man. It's the king. It is. That's and my, I look, look, look at his scores, scores from last year against the, the upcoming opponents. So the Dogs... 138 points and 75 points. The Panthers, 118 points and 37 points. That was that slugfest game where Cleary and Moses traded field goals. Um, And then Manly, 132 points and 84 points. So you are making some relevant points there. And it's like 130 average. (laughs) That is, that's insane. That is absolutely. That's fucked. That is a yeah. that is huge. Like if that yeah. that's the thing. If that was say Pappy or Turbo or something, their ownership right now would be I would say in the fifties. Like it would be yeah. everyone would be going. We need to get this person in. We need to have this guy. I just think because of it's it's gut though. I still think he's criminally underrated as a fullback. I feel yep. like the club's disrespectful to him in terms of always saying we need an X factor fullback. Blah blah blah. He's X factor. He can do a lot of stuff that fullbacks can do. He might not have the the acceleration of like a Pappy. He may not have the step of some of the fullbacks out there, but he's improved his ball work phenomenally. He's got a great pass on him. He's like another playmaker out there. He's so good at defense. He is. He's a yeah, quality, he's one quality of the best fullback. Defensive fullbacks I can think of, next to like Edwards and, yeah. and stuff. But um you just can't fault his game, man. Really, he's he's yeah. kind of got it all. Like it might not be to the peak of the other guys, but when you start to to grade them all, like if it was a game of Mario Kart, he's Mario. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna give you <laughs> B plus in kind of every single category. Yeah. So, um, and again, like they've got that Bulldogs game to start. Like fuck, you got to get on it. Like I reckon it could be an absolute whitewash. But then Panthers, it's kind of like it doesn't really make a big deal for. For the Eels, I think, playing Panthers, because they, they always give him a hard time. It's it's never just a walkover game out of everyone that you know plays the Panthers. And then they get Manly Tigers and the Raiders. Like 
man, the temptation is there for it because those opening five, you know, barring the Panthers, which I still feel like they could probably win, they're all really good fixtures and it could really do something insane. So something there. But one thing as well, well, we'll let everyone know as they watch and follow our journey this year for Supercoach, we love a good pod. So whenever there's a pod opportunity, we are definitely yeah. of those pod movements. So um, I'll go out there now. I would not be surprised if one of us have Gutho come round one. I'll say that now. Uh, let's go to centre wings. Otherwise, we'll be here all night with Para. Uh, Will Penasini, 573K, 2% ownership, average 56.2 in 24 games last year. We currently have an owner of Will Penasini on the panel, and it's not myself. So, Jesse? Um, he's actually not in the team anymore. He was. Oh, hang on, you did. Yeah, you were. He's, he's, all, he's, on, my, he's on my list, yeah. He's obviously definitely yeah. someone I'm very interested in. Um, I, I don't see a great deal of upside as far as what he's priced at, um, but I do like his base level of consistency. Um, and obviously, the fixtures... When it just comes down to how many eels I had in my team, Gutho wasn't one of them, Dylan Brown's not one of them, um, I wanted someone that I thought was going to do a bit of a job there. And he seems to just continually bang out those 50 to 70 points and anywhere in between. And then, you know, can push up towards that 100. He got a 98 and a, what is it, 104. So he had done that twice, um, which is okay. Um, at 570, I didn't like anyone else around the price point. And I really like the Eels run for how long it goes for. So that was kind of the reason why I went Penasini. Um, I'm not a big fan of the entire back line, though, outside of him. No. I feel like it's, it's just... Yeah, it is. Coming from a, an Eels fan, you could probably elaborate a little bit more on how dead shit it looks, but... Um, nah, dog shit. <laughs> that's it, eh? Um, I think the, the back line, apart from Will Penasini, and I'm not including Gutho, I'm talking about the two to five. Yeah. I think it's actually one of the worst in the competition, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't think there's much spark at all. Like, people will then go, oh, Sevo scores all these tries. Well, you, you can't say no. that. Honestly, no. most wingers would score the tries that he scores. Um, it's not like he does anything. Like, there's the odd try where he'll u- finally use his strength and realise actually how big and strong he is. Um, but apart from that, he's not actually a very good footy IQ player. He's caught out a lot. Um, I don't think he's very good at defense either. He's not very good at reading the play. And he's been around the game now for a while. Like people will probably try and say, oh, he's new. He's not new anymore. He's played the game for four or five years. And at that yeah. professional level, being in and around the game every day, basically, in and around the club, by it's now like he you still hasn't got it. Up. Yeah. And and the yeah. thing is, you hear on the field, Gutho is constantly talking to him still to this like he to this day, he continues like being on field coach for him, and yeah. always he's having to go at him. Like he's <laughs> he rides him so hard, it's so funny. But yeah, I, I don't think even for a super coach or an NRL point of view, any of these players uh, in the back line are an option. Apart from I can see your upside with Will Penasini, um, especially early on, just as a sort of another pod movement um, for a para player and outside back. If I was to pick one, and unfortunately he's the most expensive there, I would be going Will Penasini because I can see him actually going to another level this year. I really am keen to see him play this year. And as a fan, it excites me. Um, unfortunately, we lost his brother this year. He's gone to a he's gone with an ACL um, already. But his brother's a really good player. And I feel like we're going to keep Will now because of them. And they'll probably build up a little bit of a combination over the years to come. But, yeah. No, nothing in the back line 
excites no. me. So I want to move on quickly because it actually annoys me. <laughs> you just want to get away from it. It fr- oh, well. as if, like, I don't want to ramble on it because we've already had our NRL season preview and I did that. So if you want to hear as a para fan listening to this, make sure you yep. go check out our para preview um, and you can hear all my honest thoughts about, about that. Um, Dylan Brown, 5'8", 18% ownership, 780K. I have him you're as a must. Yeah, I you're have all over him as him. a must. And I can't be more high on the kid uh, this year because – if he doesn't, he owes Parramatta big time. He owes us as fans massive. He owes the club. He owes the playing group. He embarrassed himself uh, last year, and he has a lot of making up to do. I still say he was, I can't say the sole reason, but he was a huge reason why we didn't make the finals last year. We started to find a little bit of form, and then obviously what what he did happened, and then we lost him. And he's – the thing with Dylan Brown and – I'll, I'll try to talk about the rugby league point of view before the super coach is his all round five, eight game is phenomenal. I think he has the ability to be the best five, eight in the game for years to come. Um, that's how highly I think of, of Dill Brown. And that's just not saying that in a biased way. I genuinely do believe that because what I see from that, when he plays for the Kiwis as well, I just see quality. Um, he has a phenomenal running game. Like it is ridiculous. Yeah. And I feel like in a way, He's been caged up still a little bit, and I don't like that. I just want Brett Arthur to go, you know what, go out there and just run the footy and just be everywhere. Like, I don't care. Don't stay on one side of the field. Be everywhere. Jink, step, do whatever you can because, guys, I'm telling you, go watch his highlights packages when he was a junior and that. It's it's freaky. Like, it's Benji Marshless. That's saying a lot, but that's the sort of footwork he, he has and – I just think he's in for a huge year, and I know people will probably look at that price tag and go – it's too much. I I said it to you the other week. I actually think he will end the year costing more than 780K. I'm happy to pick him and just ride the wave. Yeah, I, I reckon he does. I haven't got him in my team at the moment, but he was in my very first team. Um, I've got big wraps on Dylan Brown too. Um, a very high prospect on draft picks in the past. I've I had him... Um, I had him years ago, actually. I had him in 2020, sort of when he kind of broke out and actually had his first good year. And um, unfortunately, at the time, this was a different format. This is NRL Fantasy. I had Nathan Cleary in 2020 before he really broke out too. So I had these two halves and you can only play one of them. So I had this oh, like man. headache every week of trying to play Dylan Brown and I couldn't because I had Cleary. And I just, I had him, on, I let him rot on my bench. So it was a bit of a shame, but um Last year, I had Dylan Brown, this in like in Supercoach, and I would have had him all year had he not, you know, disappeared. So um, I feel like he, yeah, well, at the end of the day, you definitely yeah, weren't going Cody Walker. So <laughs> no, no. Well, the thing is, I went from him down to um, would have been Cameron Munster, who's my next favorite 5'8 when it comes to that position. And I, I still feel like, you know, it's, it's one or the other when it comes to that position. I think Munster probably might outscore him, to be honest with you, but, um, you know he's got he's got such a point to prove this year, Dylan Brown. He can't be fucking around again. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> he's just had it too many times. So um, if he does it again, you know that's that's kind of his career finished. I think. I think a lot of people won't take him too seriously if he keeps having all these um, off-field things going on. But I, I can't see it happening. I think he's got. I think he's got a gonna have a massive year ahead of him. Um, they definitely got the fixtures for it. You're probably right about his price ending higher. It's a good shout to to be the highest scoring 5'8 this season. So I don't know if you can check this, but his base stats 
I think you'd yeah. have to be the highest base standing, not just five eight, but playmaker. Because the defensive work he gets through, he doesn't shy away from it. He gets through a heap of work and he's always yeah. there in cover defense. Yeah, his um his base is crazy. The amount of tackles he makes too, it's nuts. He'll he'll be putting 20, 30 plus tackles in every single game minimum. Um his meters are really good as well. I'm just I'm just gonna have a look if you wanna have a yeah, talk. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep talking about him and I don't know what else really to say about him that, that I haven't already. Uh but we'll I just, I, as I said, I want Brett Arthur to free the shackles from him. I want Mitch Moses to just completely run this side. So then that frees up Dill Brown to do what Dill Brown does best. And I'm, I can't be high enough on him, especially when I talk about the base side of things as well. I just think it makes complete sense to spend up, have him as one of your, your must picks to start the season with and just work, work around him. Yeah. Probably gonna have to come back to this because I've um, I'm using my other phone that I haven't logged nah, in. Nah, we're and good. Struggling. That's right. But his base is incredible, man. Like you see it all yeah. the time, even when he's not doing much attacking. Like he's always still putting good numbers out. So um, it's a very valid pick if you're spending premium in your five eights. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you just run with it, and you're very very happy about it. I, th- I think when you're doing that sort of thing. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, halfback time, Mitchell Moses, six hundred ninety-five k. Currently 9% ownership, uh, and there is a question in there about Moses, uh, an option instead of Cleary or Hines. I guess it's a good question because people are probably trying to find ways to save a little bit of cash and not go for one of the big dogs right at the start. There's probably a, there's a few super coaches, I'm sure, out there going, both of those players are just priced too high, <laughs> I think, otherwise. But um, that's people definitely have their own opinions of stuff, and they're looking at different ways to go. With the start that Parramatta have, I'm not against it. The first question I want to ask you, though, is if you have Dylan Brown, can you also have Mitchell Moses? I don't think so. Um, I feel like you just don't want to double dip too hard into the halves. And, like, a format that I was playing with for a while, too, when it came to the halves and the 5.8s was obviously Hines was locked in. And I had Dylan Brown in there as well, and I was running with the two of them. Um, But I was finding it really hard to afford to have Cleary at the same time as well as, you know, really building around the rest of it. And obviously, like, you look at the Eels run and Moses is a pretty good option regardless, I feel like. Um, yeah. He's pretty safe, you know, and I feel like you're going to get explosive games out of him all the time. It, it's kind of like a safe pick, but he's going to do those games occasionally. So he's a, he's a good option. I can't knock it. But again, I had Brown in, so I didn't want to have both. So um, when you look at the two of them together as well, like, he's a bit of a significant discount to Dylan Brown. And um, obviously he kicks and he's got that, halfback upside compared to him. So, um, you know, there's a point to say that even Moses might be undervalued compared to Brown, but um, I, I wouldn't have both of them. Definitely not. And if you wanted to run with a cheaper one, especially in your halves, if you didn't want to have the two guns, I think he is probably a good run to get in there just because of the fixtures and, you know, how much he'll do in general. You probably will lose him to Origin as well this year. So that takes that takes away his buy round appeal. Um but, yeah, it, it's just risky having both half and 5'8 in the same team. Um, you know, you probably wouldn't have, realistically, you wouldn't have Cleary and Luai because Luai's not much of an option compared to how much Brown can do. So there's not too many teams where you can really justify having them both anyway, besides maybe Melbourne. 
if you want to run with Jerome Hughes, you can definitely have Munster. I still wouldn't have Hughes anyway, but that's that's kind of similar. No other team really has that sort of gun pairing um, that you want to be locked feel, in with. So, yeah, I feel like in a way Moses is also a weird one when it comes to Super Coach because he's one of those really busy players on the field, but it can also sometimes not equate to Super Coach points. Um, he's one yeah. of those players I feel like where, and I looked at some of like his past performances against the the first three teams and. I know for a fact, like some of the, like the Bulldogs games and stuff, where I just feel like he was everywhere, but there's only like there's an 89, which is still deep, like it's still good. But for what I remember of that game, he was like everywhere. Like that would generally feel like if it was a clear or a Hines, it'd be like 150. And to only be like an yeah. 89, it's sort of just he's a bit bit frustrating in that sort of thing. It's like he just is missing that extra bit when it comes to the super coach side of things. Hmm. Yeah, he just boots the ball away every time he gets it. It's kind of what hurts him. Yeah. <laughs> but you just sort of want him to run the ball like Brown does to give him a bit more of a chance to make some of those points. But obviously Brown's right next to him, so why would Moses do it when his management's a lot better? So um, I, I don't see that, you know, he's probably not going to boost up too much more unless he's just getting straight assist like stats. He might get a try here and there, but a lot of it's just going to come off try assist or a line break assist. Um, yeah. But again, it's not a bad play if you wanted to cash down. It's, you know, it's still 215k off what Cleary's going to do, and you know, you might get those weeks where they're quite similar. So, hmm. wouldn't have both. Though. Um, I'm happy to move on for Moses. I feel like he's. It's what like it, we feel like he's probably the next best option apart from those two, but there's also. A couple of other options that we spoke about last week as well. There's a guy called S. Walker who yeah. is a bit cheaper and I feel like could do the job, especially early on. And But, again, it is a bit of a risk to try and ca- make that cash up to then go back to one of those big guns. But, one, I wanted to move to the second row, but quickly, I just want to quickly have a chat to you about there's Ethan Saunders here, 204K with mm. 1% next to his name, which I anticipated to be 0%. I want to just – quickly pick your brain when it comes to halfback because what I'm anticipating there is either Ethan has a hell of a lot of family members that play super coach or um, he it's owners who have say like the Hines for instance. So they've spent real big there and they've gone, Oh shit, I need to put someone in here. And the thing that I want to mention, do not do that because you need to have no. a player in there and Cronulla have the early buy and even Cleary, like Penrith have a quite an early buy as well. So if you're hoping to pick one of those two, and no, it's, it's quickly not Parramatta related, but if you're picking one of those two and going for another option at halfback, make sure that other halfback is going to come in and actually get you points for when that buy is, is happening for either Cleary or Hines because you're going to quickly get yourself in a massive hole. Yeah, 1%, it looks like they're just trying to fill them with the absolute bottom dollar, but the halfback spot is not the position to be doing that in. Not even close, man. you got players that, you know, like Cleary and Hines, those guys will win you rounds. They'll score 100 minimum of rounds yeah. most of the time, and you're giving it away just to, to put a cashy down there so you can afford to field a team. But it's just the worst possible position to do it in, I think. You never, you never play someone because you never get away from him too. Like, you, yeah, you're, you're stuck, stuck with them forever. You, you're stuck. There's, there's nowhere to go from there. You know, when you're going from Moses, you still – it's still in – like, it's a little bit off. You're still 200K away, but you've got more of a chance, much more of a chance. It's not that hard, really. 
if you have one of your center wings boost up or you one of your cash second rowers has gone through the roof and you want to just make that swap, it's pretty easy to do. Um, I feel like when you go down to Sam Walker, it might be a little bit harder. It might take you a little bit longer because it's, yeah. you know, three, potentially maybe 350, 400K by then. So who knows? But obviously you're hoping on them to go up. Man, when you're at 200, it's just pack it up. You know, there's, you're not going anywhere from 200. You're going to die with him. So don't do that. Uh, if change your team around at least get Caesar, at least get someone who's going to be playing and looks to at least be getting like yeah. a 40 or maybe 45 a week at some point. So that's an extra. I think Caesar's 140K extra or something like that. So at least look at getting at least a scoring player because yeah. that's going to that's gonna kill you that week that you have either Clear or Hines who have the bye and you're trying to play Ethan Saunders. That's It's not going to work because he's not going to be playing. It's just a, it's a no-go. Could you imagine the team they've got though? If if they don't have Cleary and Hines, obviously because that's the case. Yeah. Where the hell is the rest of that money spread out that you need to get two hundred k halfback? They've probably that would be the craziest looking team. and stuff, I reckon. Oh, that'd have to be. You've got Grant and Marshall King. You've got David Feeder and Tino. Like it's just, <laughs> just everything. Just chuck them all in. Who cares? Uh, that's mental. Good odd, but. Good old Ethan. He, a, he look uh, for the year after if he does end up going to the Raiders. He's definitely an option then that I'll be looking for. Uh, but that is a 2025 chat we will have. Uh, second row forwards: Jermaine Hopgood, 748k. Currently eight percent ownership still. So even at that hefty price tag, there is people that aren't put off. Maybe it's the Ethan Sanders owners that have given themselves some free cash. Uh, that they're going straight <laughs> over to to Hopgood, but. Um, Hot God for mine, it hurts me to see this price tag. Like, in a way, I'm proud, but as a super coach owner, it just hurts because yeah. I can't get in there. And that's just, no, yeah. After no, knowing the study had last year as well, I just, man, yeah, it's, it sucks. it's a shame. But, you know, he had a good run last year, obviously. You know, if you want to spend big, you can. Um, he came out with 101 and 124. And then I captained him and he scored 45 points and fucking shit me. Like everyone else everyone captained did. him. Everyone <laughs> did. So, you know, we all rode the same train there. Um, but, man, what a player. What an absolute gun signing it was for him last season. Obviously, he's priced right up there with the big dogs because he is. He's a big dog. Um, I just reckon he does keeps doing it. If you want to spend big, you can get him. But obviously, last year, man, what did he start at? 230? No, 298. 298. Oh, God bless. It's enough to make so a grown good. man cry. Yeah. And you know what? I threw him straight to the starting lineup too. Yeah, me too. I had him like right in there with the three. He was right in there. It's like, I can't find anyone for 300K now that I want to play confidently. <laughs> That's going to come out and score 100 and, you know, 120 odd in the first round. Like it just burns. But yeah, it's a shame. He's too much. He's too much at the moment. I can't afford him. If I was too, I'd, I'd be looking at other options anyway, but yeah. oh well, gone are the days. Oh, well. We're always party, party. Yeah, I mean, the, the, God, the hop of the God variety, just I'll still be watching. I'll still be following. 73.3 average last year in 24 games. And that was his first full NRL yeah. season. So I see him getting better. <laughs> I see yeah. him getting better, but... I just, yeah, I don't know. I can't start start with that. The Cardi Party, uh, 636K. Um, 
1% ownership and Madison 636 are both exactly the same. 1% yeah. ownership, both averaged 62.3 last year. Maddo, six less games. Um, I can't touch any of those two, so I'm not going to really entertain not the, the fact. Not at the price, no. I started with him too. I had both of them, Hopgood and Cartwright. Both of them cost me 550 and I had him the whole season, all the way through. I thought, far out, you, man. There's just there's nothing like that anymore, you know? Like, that's why it's yeah. such a shit go. You can't spread the coin around as easily. We're blessed with these two. You never know. Maybe just keep keep an eye on trials. Well, keep thing, an eye on we haven't list. seen anything yet. We haven't seen anything yet, but, you know, it, it seems so obvious with Cartwright. 238, starting second rower for the foreseeable future. You know, if he, I just I don't see why his ownership wasn't higher last year, considering the amount of upside that there was. Obviously, you know. Hesitations at all, but and he played every game. He was consistent. He played every so. game. He was just a beast. How man. good is that? Yeah. One player I want to talk about: thirty-eight percent ownership. Here we go. Sean Lane, four hundred and forty-six k. Um, average forty-three point seven last year through ten matches. That was injury riddled. He just never seemed to be actually on the field. Even when he was on the field, he just sort of just couldn't get going. Um, I've got him in my team. Purely off the fact that I got Dylan Brown, so I feel like those two are well going to work perfectly together on the edge. Um, if I've gone all in on Brown, I feel like I have to go all in on Sean Lane. There's definitely other options around, uh, probably cheaper options as well, but I just think it's a redemption kind of year for Sean Lane. He, he obviously wouldn't have been happy last year with his performances, with the injuries and the like, the, the club's performances as well. The year before, he was arguably one of the best second roles in the competition. He was getting tossed around for representative football. Yeah. Surely a player of that caliber has to get back to that sort of football footballing ability um, this year. So I, I think Lane's a play. Yeah. I, I can't see any reason not to have him. Um, you know, 22, he averaged 68.8. If you can get even close to that, you know, there's automatic upside. He's, he's priced off such a low average, and it's just an injury-affected one. And they were just shit injuries. Broken jaw. I think he got knocked out, or he did a bunch of random stuff, and it just never seemed to tick for him throughout the whole season. It just – he'd come back, and then something would happen, and it was just all broken. But um, now it's expected that he's just going to be fully fit, like he – you know, like hopefully he should be, and he'll just go straight back into that starting second row position where he belongs. Um, and again, yeah, absolutely nothing saying he can't just go back to averaging 68 points at all. So, yeah, 38% is fair. Um, their run is obviously great. We've spoken it. Um, I'm surprised it's not higher, to be honest. Now, when you see 38, like, don't try and, you know, overthink the room. Just get him. There's no point getting left behind if it does go well. You don't be anti-potting it. So, <laughs> just yeah, get him. I, I, yeah. I, I agree there. Um, Kalma Tuolagi, uh, 1% ownership, 373K. No option at the moment. It's come over from Manly. I Obviously, Parramatta, if a fully fit forward pack, I don't even see him making the actual 17, if I'm being honest. So um, maybe might nab a, a bench spot, but it will be very, very limited minutes, if any minutes. We've seen Brad Arthur in the past just stick with. If Lane and, and Cardi are fully fit, he'll just push them for 80 minutes week in, week out. That's the sort of style he likes to play for Parramatta. The rest, I can't really talk too much about. I'm not really interested in Offerhand Gowie, who's dual front row. 
Makatoa, no. Dury, no. The rest, no. The only one that I will talk about, Luca Moretti. Um, yeah. I'm really excited to see him. I, th- I liked what I seen from him last year, 10 games. He yeah. only averaged 23, but there was a few games there where he got literally like a few minutes, which hurt that that average. He's a very energetic player. He's up and about. He's another one of those sort of Talis Duncan type players where he'll just come on and be everywhere. So I do like that. I would be more keen on looking at him. He hasn't got a jewel, which is unfortunate, but I'd be more keen at 238K to sort of look at him when one, one of the other players' starters get injured because there'll be a bit more game time for him. But he's a watch. He's a watch for mine. I just I, yeah. I just wanted to make a note because I do like his style of play and, and him as a player. And, yeah, I think he will get maybe an edge, uh, a bench spot. Yeah, really good points per minute. Um, obviously, just needs the minutes. Um, might be something that I don't know how long he's contracted for. Could be something a few years in the future. But um, Holy he's, shit. Yeah, his points per minute's insane. But again, like he plays 20 minutes, goes out there and just goes ballistic, comes off. He's fully fresh when everyone else is buggered. So you expect it. But um, yeah, no, man, it could be something good for him. He might get a, a run here or there, but I, I wouldn't still be going that way for him. So no. That's it for second rowers. Front row forward, junior Palo. Barlo, whatever, that's the way he wants it said now. Uh, 2% ownership, 2023 average of 56.5 through 20 matches. He just wasn't himself last year. And I don't know if, pains me to say, I don't know if we've seen his best footy now. I'm not sure. I need to see how he comes out this year before I even entertain the idea of putting Barlo anywhere near my super coach side. So he's a no RCG, Reggie, uh, Regan Campbell, Gillard, 1%, 518 is a is a no for mine as well. It's just too many other front rowers around that are cheaper and I feel like a better and guaranteed probably better minutes. But one thing I know for Brad Arthur is he pushes these two so much. They're on yeah. Bitcoin, so he wants to get value for money. There's a lot of para fans out there, myself included, that don't agree. I think he plays them too much and it, it probably gets them to the point of exhaustion and we're not getting quality out of him but that's another another point um but apart from that there's not really i don't really want to talk really about any of the front row forwards for Parramatta because i don't think any of them are an option no they're not really and it's it's going to be pretty um it's going to be pretty apparent for the the eels in common future where what happens after these two for props really because they've sort of been especially paulo like he's been on the decline you know you sort of want you know they had the they had the chance to win the final a couple of years ago, and they did it. And I feel like that was probably their best shout. That was the best chance to do it with those two, um, because they're only going down. Like they're only going backwards as far as their form, and you know they're just aging, man. Like it's just not much more you can do with them. Um, and again, he just works the shit out of them every week. So yeah, it's it's a shame too, and it's weird they got like offhand Gowie there as well. And you know, think in the last season they played at the Tigers, he killed it. Like, I'm pretty sure he was the Tigers player of the year and just well, he's, he was insane for the Tigers that season. I thought, you know, it's a cheeky little pickup for the Eels. They might actually be able to play him somewhere good. And he fell off a cliff. So for whatever reason, they're not utilizing him because um, he does have it. In I think him, he'll be but... better. I think he'll be better this year now. He's got the preseason under his belt. He probably gets to understand the playing group a lot more. It would have been hard for him last year coming in. He literally got injured with that calf within the first minute of his 
game debut for the Eels, so that wouldn't have helped and it pushed put him back a couple of weeks. And he just sort of never seemed to, to get back. But mm. I agree. I actually do think he's a sneaky signing for, for the Eels and he should take a little bit of minutes off the both of these players, which would be ideal, I think, because if we can just have both of those players playing quality 45, um, maximum maybe 50 minutes both, then I think that's perfect. I don't want to see him playing 60, 65 minutes and stuff. It's just not good. It's not what we need for him, and they'll re- be retiring sooner rather than later if that, they keep that up. Uh, yeah, hooker? That's, that's the problem. Yeah, this is the yeah. big thing with the... Talk of the town, really, when it comes to the um, the Eels. Who gets it? Because Arthur's already come Paramount out and said he only wants one. Parramatta hookers. Parramatta uh, Brad Arthur hookers. only wants one hooker. He only wants one hooker. He's not selfish. He's fine. But, um, yeah, is it the hooker with hands or little Joey? I don't know. I, I hope from a super coach perspective, if you can rein it in, mate, it's uh, Joey Lussick, but... There's plenty of Parramatta hookers out there to choose from. A hooker with hands. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay extra for them in Parramatta. Oh, goodness <laughs> me. Yeah, there's not many of them. <laughs> you got bloody hooks walking around. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. Yeah, no, nah, it's – um. I don't know why he'd come out and say that, to be honest. It's, it's not really – I don't know. He Stupid. says weird things, that bloke. He's a weird fella. I think this I day and know. age, more than ever, the, the two-hooker rotation is back in, especially with the way yeah. the game's played and the speed of the game and the ruck and how crucial it is getting that ruck momentum. It's just dumb telling people that you're going to have an 80-minute hooker that's basically going to be exhausted uh, yeah. for the last 10 minutes of each half and just be yeah, just, just target be him. there. <laughs> just yeah. belt him. Stupid. It is. It's stupid and to in be general. Honest, both of these but... players aren't 80-minute players either. That's the thing. Like, Together is a partnership. It works in a way. Like I still don't think Joey Lussick's a, a, a great option, but we, but we've got him. And as a para fan, you just got to deal with it now. There's no one else. I wish we still had Marnie here, but that's a different story. Brennan Hands is a great talent. He's still quite young though. Um, still learning the game, so he can't be playing 80 minutes yet either. So, in an ideal world, I'd have Joey Lussick start get the first 20, 25 minutes out of the way and then bring hands on for the rest of it. And just oh. then he's a bit more attacking in my eyes. And yeah. I'd have it the other way around. I just reckon Lussick probably, I would like to see Lussick get more minutes. He does more with it than hands does. From a You're statistical point of view anyway. I, I don't, yeah, I don't care about what happens with the Eels in general, man. They could, <laughs> they could lose every game. That's, he that's doesn't your problem. offer more than hands in, a, in, in, a, in the hooker role. No way. Probably not in the real, you know, watching the game out of it. But yeah, when you look at the numbers coach. side of things, then I just see numbers, man. And I'm looking at this yeah. going, yep, yeah, I'm all over Lussick, not hands. So, um, again, they neither of them really run the ball too much. Lussick tackles a bit more. Um, hands seems to miss a few more if you're just looking at averages. But, um, yeah, from, from an Eels perspective, I'd say you'd probably want, you know, the better ball player and the actual better hooker for the team. But I only want points, man. So I want Lussick. But either way, one of the two will be a great option if they do actually get 80 minutes. Um, but I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Lussick could do more with his value if he got 80-minute rolls than hands can. I, I just don't see too much upside with him. If it ends up being an 80-minute hooker, you just whoever it ends up being, you have to have in your super coach team. They're both yeah, 
juicy oh, they're a, price. Um, yeah, they're a backup better, at the best time too. So you don't have to run with them. It's just obviously you plug in a hole for 300K in a hooker spot. That's very, very valuable. And if you wanted to go against the Jaden Braley's, because um, he won't be an 80-minute player, if it does come down and one of these two are, you have to have one of them. Um, you, you find the extra 14K or whatever it is from Braley to hands if he gets it, or you save a bit of coin down to Lussick. That's that's what I'm thinking. So I agree. Um, that's that's pretty much it for the Eels. Uh, hopefully we, we covered that enough for everyone. The final team, um, just bringing up the slide now, the North Queensland Cowboys. This is our final team for our Super Coach team preview as well. So we're on the downward slope now, Jesse. We, we have got through a mammoth. And I reckon if I put everything together, I honestly reckon we've spent about nine hours or something talking super coach um, team preview. So if you're not loving your super coach content for it, uh, by League of Inches, by myself and Jesse, I don't know what sort of super coach content you're loving because this has been <laughs> huge. And I don't think there's any question we haven't answered by the the ramblings we have gone on with. So yeah. this is a bit emotional now getting to the last, last of this. Oh, I know, right? It's tangents. But, yeah, we'd have to be closing up on 10 hours by now, I reckon. Oh, I didn't expect it to be like this at all, to be honest with you. I thought it was just going to be to have a chat about the teams, but progressively it's just got longer and longer. So I originally thought we'd get through this in like two, maybe three episodes. We'll just get them out <laughs> done. But we've literally gone from having four teams in the slice. We've gone, oh, you know what? We've got to probably cut this back to three teams. And you know what? There's some of those ones we could have cut it back to two. So uh, the Cowboys, the first five games, the Dolphins, the Knights, the Dragons, the Broncos, and the Titans. So I am keeping my natural hair color. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, unfortunately, right. but the Got missus would, would love that. Um, straight away, we have talked about Reese Robson in the past. We'll talk about him again. 561K, 7% ownership. I feel like people are starting to listen, but unfortunately, we have both not listened to our own advice and we have gone elsewhere um, since. Uh, that's obviously Brandon Smith because a bit cheaper and we just think he will get some more quality quality footy under his belt. But I definitely can't not say Reese Robson's not a bad uh, option. I, I feel like he's a, a very good option, actually. And I've mm. listened to a few things and I know a few pages are still saying, oh, nah, don't touch Reese Robson. But I can't put push anyone away from it. I think if he's the guy that works for you to make you – build your team a bit better, I'm all for it. Especially the Cowboys have a really nice run early on, um, as we've just seen. And he's not that high-end attacking hooker that people are talking about. But I feel like with the draw and now, he's got a bit of um, origin under his belt and he's definitely in the frame for for that again this year. We could see a bit more of attack um, for him this year and maybe Peyton will just let him off the, the reins a bit and just let him play a bit more uh, attacking-wise because remember coming through the ranks, he actually did have that in his game, a bit, bit of an attacking hooker. But it just seems like the last year or two with the Cowboys, they've sort of told him to just pass it off the deck a lot. And it's frustrating, mm. but at least he gets through his defensive work for super coach. But, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely can't say no, don't own Reese Robson. No, he was the first person I looked at. And I was, I was pretty, you know, I was a big advocate for him at the time as well. I still am. Um, if I can find the coin up, I'll get him, to be fair. Um, obviously, he's no worry about his minutes. He'll be fine for his 80s or 70s, you know, if Granville wants to move into it or if he's still bouncing around that that lock spot. But, yeah, 
he's going to do what he's priced at and potentially more. And the draw looks good. Um, I haven't seen too much personally in the camp to like against Robson. I'd like to see the arguments against it, to be honest, because um, I know he did have a very quiet end to last season as far as his output went. You know, obviously the cows are flying, so you've got to think that maybe defensively he doesn't have to do as much. And if Drinkwater's really taken over the reins with the rest of the attacking side of things, all he's really doing is just giving it off to him. And there's not too much else to worry about. So, you know, that sort of high form sort of game from the Cowboys can hinder his output maybe from, you know, might be a bit apparent with the scoring that he got. Um, because at the start of the season, start off with 74. Um, there was a 45, an 85, 40, and a 74. So up, down, up, down, up, down. You know, you sort of half expected. 560 is a decent price, though. That's what's got me really intrigued because um, you go back to 22 season, he averaged 64 and a half. So automatically there, you're looking at at least 100K, give or take. Um, nice little spot to get you closer to your Harry Grants when that eventually wants to come down. So, yeah, um, yeah it just depends, man. Depends on how he really kicks off. I, I still feel like, yeah, for some reason, his game's kind of getting whether it's Peyton regressing him and holding him back like he did it with everyone else that he seems to not like too much, not to say he doesn't like him. I just I just want to see a little bit more out of the attack. I just don't, I don't know, Peyton's a weird bloke. Um, <laughs> it shits me, man. He, he ruined Tamalolo for everyone. I blame him every day yeah. for that. So, yeah. you know, on the, on the record, screwed it all. Um, yeah, I, I like the pick. I'll probably do the same if I can find the coin. But, yeah, 80-minute hookers are hard to come by now. So... When you find one, they're pretty valuable. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think that for that reason, Granville's not really an option, even at three hundred and two k. So, don't really want to speak about Granville unless he's going to start no. playing eighty minutes at fullback every week and fill in for, <laughs> for Drinky if he was to get injured. But seems like you'll just plug that, Granville anywhere, man. He's just become the everywhere man. I could not. I reckon. Believe. I reckon tomorrow, if um, if Todd Payton gets called in for a quick meeting. He'll get Granville to take his wife out for Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's the sort of trust he gives the bloke. Seriously. I, I just don't get him. I really don't. Like, I reckon Tamalele must have done it previously on a Valentine's Day. That's why he doesn't get picked. But at least he asked Granville. So, um, yeah, he really loves him. Really loves him. And he's he a 2RF hooker. And he should have a slash center wing, slash halfback, slash whatever else he can put there. Because <laughs> he'll just plug him in any hole he can fill. It's freaking yeah. weird. Should just have like a special tag for him where he can just be put anywhere. You can just yeah. If you want to select him, you just go wherever you, wherever you want for him. Buy Super Coach Plus, and you can play Granville anywhere you want. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben Cotter, the start of the front row forwards, and that is someone who I know you're being keen with. In twenty eight percent ownership, I think that has a lot to do with the dual factor. Yep. I'll say that now. Um, Five hundred and forty two k average fifty three point one over 20 matches last year it's definitely not something to write home about to get a 23 a 28 percent ownership but i feel like it's off the bat uh, yeah. i'm actually going to throw to you because i'm not too sure about this one i feel like in a way 23 uh, 28 is too much it's yeah it's very very high i started off pretty keen on him um obviously just seeing what he's priced in it then obviously you have been looking into it more and more and you start to work prices out and you know dive a little bit deeper i, I quickly got away from the colder ruben cotter thing i just um he doesn't have a lot of upside he's very meat and potatoes kind of player and he obviously had a massive season with him but still didn't average huge you know what i mean like he averaged what yeah. 59 
I think was his probably best year he's had amidst a bunch of 40s. But now he's obviously playing Origin. Um, that kind of hurts a little bit more of the appeal. He didn't before, so you were able to ride him out longer. Um, yeah, he's just he's just not got a lot of upside. And then, like, he spent a fair few games off the bench last year for Granville. So I don't know where that comes in for for his security. I, I, just, I don't see... That's what I mean about Granville. I could just take the spot off anyone. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Peyton, another one. <laughs> exactly. He's ruined someone else. He ruined Cotter as well. Wow. <laughs> Throw a rock at one of the Cowboys and Peyton will ruin him. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a, it's a very high, high ownership too. There must be – I don't know where it that is. is too because I don't know where you'd be playing him, whether it's – I'd probably put him in the front rows personally and he'd be like your main front row guy. But even still, for 540, you can find more upside cheaper. Yeah. So, yeah, very, that's very – th- Very high ownership. That's why I threw to you because I, di- I didn't get it. That's why I didn't want to be too negative about it because I love him as a player, but I just thought yeah. 28% ownership, like we have not seen that much at all. Like he'd, he'd honestly be had to be in the, almost the top 10 overall in Supercoach at the moment owned. And I don't I can't, I can't um, see it. He'd have to be quite he'd high be up there. When it comes to front rowers, he's the third highest owned. And the only the second highest is Viliami Fafita, so he doesn't even count. So you got Payne Haas at 38%, and then you got Ruben Cotter at 28%. Please, people out there that watch this, especially on the YouTube, and that we do get lots of comments uh, each and every week with this episode, which we do appreciate. If you are a Ruben Cotter owner, can you just message us and let us know? Yeah, I am very intrigued. Why, what, what we're missing? Like, <laughs> you got us both confused about one thing. Yeah. And, but we are both just Scratching our heads. <laughs> well, it's the thing. Like, I, I looked at him straight away, too. I saw Ruben Cotter, sweet, 540. You know what? I don't mind it. And then, obviously, I turned myself off it. But 28% of people haven't turned themselves off it. So there's got to be something there for that reason. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear it. Obviously, I'm going quite cheap in my props, too. And I think, you know, you're going to start to see a lot of people do that when the teams come through. So maybe we see that dip, or maybe we just see Payne Haas owners go to Ruben Cotter because he's the next highest owned for the for the price drop. Yeah. I, I just yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It baffles me a little bit. He has bit. an average of, of a point per minute. So again, But that's that's that what he's priced at. Like he's got no upside. Yeah. Because he's not playing eighty he's not an eighty minute player. If he was an eighty minute player, I would be all over it. I'd be going, Yeah, that's he's gonna get eighty points a week, hundred percent. But yeah, the jewel obviously would be inflating that too. I would say the jewel would have to inflate yeah. it a little bit. You've got to be people playing him at second row, which is going to keep him up because it goes Sean Lane, Curran, Ruben Cotter. You know what I mean? It's um that's in your that's in your second row position. So there's a lot of um a lot of Cotter owners out there. My head's Surely one of them can message us. I feel like I'm missing something here, and I feel like yeah. I, I feel like there was a press conference that was like, "Oh, Ruben <laughs> Cotter is going to be our fullback," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, where did that Granville start for him?" Uh, so, yeah. I don't know. Good on them. As as uh, Granville announced his retirement, so everyone thinks he's just going to get more minutes now. Anthony Granville's not a worry. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jason Tamalolo. The second highest fee for the Cowboys, 439k, 8% ownership. I think that's because it's Jason Tamalolo and it's the cheapest I think I've ever seen him. And people are just thinking, let's get on it. And I'm going to ask you because you have owned him. I don't know if you still do, but you were 
you go look I've, what i messed with the other day yeah. guess what i did <laughs> yeah um, i've just taken Jason a screenshot Tumble, like, I, yeah um, it was why i threw him in there i had him in there with Totola and um tamalolo and i was just sending a screenshot to joel and i was like check this shit out my reasoning for it, obviously i haven't got him in there at the moment i just thought about it i thought he's just he's just gone down but it is the lowest we've had him at and the way that i sort of justified it to myself was one he's 439 he's bloody cheap um he can't get much lower than that realistically if he's going to start there's just no way tamalolo could ever really dip that hard obviously he's averaged at it now so he has gotten there but um if you're playing with 430k props and you're hoping to get 40 to 45 points out of him, why not just use Tamalolo, who has much higher of a ceiling? If his floor is 40 to, 40 to 50 points, floor, there could only be upside at his price. Because I'm going to get floor out of Tavita Totola, and I've got Terrell May, who I'm more keen on, to be honest with you anyway. But say for someone like... Um, like Leo Thompson, you know what I mean? If Thompson's going to bang out a 50 majority of the time and um, Tamalolo is going to do a very similar thing, but obviously you're looking at one regard here and here. So you've got like Tamalolo scoring 50 is actually a pretty low score for him, but then Thompson is quite high. Like it's a really high score for him to get and you're happy with it. It's just based off the calorie of the player. Um, and if, you know, if he can just go a little bit higher, because obviously like there was all that talk about um, it was at the Dragons trying to sign him. Yeah. Some, was, someone was, was trying to sign him. Yeah. So there was, you know, they were trying to see if he's going to get out of there That's and Peyton's come out and said, he's not going anywhere. He's not on the outside. He's not on the fringes. You know, he's very much a part of the club. Well, then freaking play him and use him. Use him to what he's good at. He, You should have done that years ago when he got there and you just made an example out of him and then flogged him off. So... I tell you what, it's not going to happen. But if he was to end up at the Dragons, he would be a serious buy. He would be, yeah, man. Well, he'd get twenty increasing minutes and yeah, like I look at the twenty-two season, which is quite poor for his standard. He averaged fifty-seven. Um, and then you look at last season, he averaged forty-three, and that's a hell of a drop, like hefty, hefty drop. Um, if he can just get halfway to what he was doing in a shit season from the year before. He's already gone up 50, 80K. That's that's where my reasoning come down to it. Plus, you know, it's just nice to to reminisce on the old Tamalolo days. It's good to see him in the team. So, Because if, if he goes out and scores like 80 points and he just has that wrecking ball run where he knocks 12 oh. people down, in, the ref included, um, yeah, shit, you're going to love it and be like, fuck, he's back. JT's back. Um, I just don't think, again... My distrust for him. I don't think Peyton will allow it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of why I had him. 8%, that's pretty much the reason, and plus his jewel. So split between two positions. Um, whether or not I'm insane for thinking that, let me know. Um, but, yeah. What do you You're think? You're not insane, mate. Um, what do I think? <laughs> I, it's more so I just don't trust Todd Payton at the moment. And <laughs> In a way, I feel like if Todd Payton was a Sydney – Coach, he was coaching a Sydney team. There would be a mountain of pressure on him this year. Like he would be under a heap of pressure. I think he gets he. There is still a little bit of pressure, but I think he gets away with it because it's up in North Queensland and very community based team. And uh, I think he's done the right thing up there uh, with the crowd and the team. But 
he's just made that when you look at it, we spoke about Brad Arthur before. He's also one of those coaches where I feel like in the last two years, he's maybe overthought a lot of things and there's no need for it. Like some coaches overthink shit and you don't need to do yeah. it. Just, just chill. Let you play like Tom Lolo was doing Tom Lolo stuff. You're paying him pretty much a million dollars a year to be there. If he wants to go out and play 60, 70 minutes and he's doing it well, just let it happen. Who cares about the yeah. burnout? Worry about the burnout when it happens. Worry about that in two to three years' time where you've got to have a chat to him and go, mate, I think it's time to we look at this contract status and maybe get you off of the Super League and give you some sort of payout agreement or something and go from that. Just don't overthink shit. Like, yeah. It does Let your guns be guns. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah like, let him be a gun. He, he was a gun before he got there. And then the next day, all of a sudden, he wasn't. And like you, you preempting this drop in form over another stretch of years, trying to manage him, and in doing that, yeah. destroyed him. Put it, put his efforts out. So it's like, well, you're worried. Him. You're worried about this happening in three years' time. You don't have to worry about it now because he's fucking doing it this year. <laughs> he's gone to shit. And yeah, yeah I, I've seen plenty of arguments about you know that's Tamalolo's fault and Peyton had nothing to do with it. I don't believe that for a second. There's no reason for him to just be as good as he was. And then all of a sudden, Peyton even come out and said that he wanted to set an example to the rest of the team. Yeah. And then called him out, like within called the him first out. few weeks of being a coach. Yeah. Like, I'm like, mate, you've just crazy. walked in the doors, just walked in the front doors here. You've got this absolute superstar, like, you know, probably one of the best in the game at the time when he went there. All of a sudden, being like, "Well, you know what? Fuck this! I've got another five years on my contract. I'm not going anywhere. This <laughs> is the problem." Leave. Yeah, I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. That's exactly what would have happened. And it's like, okay, well, like if he doesn't have to try now, if he's going to favor putting Granville out there, then why would you put the effort in? I, yeah. I, I can see it from both ends, but no, nah, I just, I don't agree with it. That's my two cents, man. I just hope he gets back to a little bit of form before he disappears and. We just remember him. So, me too. I'm going to yeah. move us on before we ramble too much more because we could keep going with that, that situation. I think the rest yeah. of the front row options for mine just aren't options. I would keep clear of all of them because they're just better players um, for the price tag at other clubs. Uh, the second row fours is an interesting chat. Now, let's start this chat off by saying a couple have become better options now with the news of late, late, uh, Luciano Leilua. So if you haven't heard or haven't been on social media for whatever reason you are listening to this, breaking news came out as of today, Tuesday, um, that he wanted it once out of the club. I believe it's immediately as well, and he's been linked to the St. George Laura Dragons. In a way, it makes sense. And honestly, I was scratching my head when they first even made this signing. It did not make sense to me because they have had – such a talented back row roster here for the Cowboys for years now. And when they signed Leilora, I just thought, what are you doing? Where's the cap management here? Because you've already got players who everyone could see were becoming future stars of the game, like your Nenai's and um, they have had Lukey for a while. I know he's been a a pretty injured run, um, but he is one of those players that has always had a bright future. If he can stay on the field, Tamalola was there. Um, Cotter was coming through as well. I know both of those play majority of middle, but they could have been around that edge spot as well. And um, it just didn't make sense to me. I don't know why. So I, I don't know what's mm. happened up there. I, it's, there's something – I feel like there's something fishy there. Like they lure to all of a sudden go, I want out. It doesn't make sense. 
and I don't want to turn it back on to Todd Payton, but what is going on there at the Cowboys? Because it's, it's easy to do it. Two weeks out from the season starting, and you've got a guy who's just all of a sudden wants to head to your club. I know the Dragons are desperate. They're probably throwing huge cash at him to come back. But he left the Dragons. He didn't want to be there. <laughs> now he's, yeah. oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a red bees in me. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> maybe maybe he wants to go to back to the beach and he's just too worried about crocodiles and jellyfish up in North Queensland. So Maybe. Hillwara is a nice place, mate. You've got to move down here. lurking in the waters. <laughs> Fucking oath. He just pops his head out like a bloody – he's wearing a Jason mask and he's just poking. Uh, we do love you, Toddy. Like if you do listen to the show, don't – don't take it to, to offense. Just having a bit of a laugh. Yeah, it's just a bit of banter, mate. Thanks for killing our favorite players, but it's all right. No stress. Um, yeah, so Leila was going back to the Dragons. Um, I feel like that's a blessing for the cows and an absolute. Not. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Maybe. Oh, yeah, we don't know yet. <laughs> Speculation's pretty hot. So yeah. um, when you're watching this, it might have already happened. So let's speak about it like it, it will happen. Hopefully. Um, that way they can actually re-sign some of these players they've got that want to be there. Um, but, yeah, Nanai and all of a sudden, Luki becomes red-hot property if that does go down. So um, it also brings up Finifuaki too. I think that he's going to be quite a good little cashy option potentially because um, 292K, you know, there's there's one less player for him to worry about. Um, I have never really seen Luki be in that 80-minute um, second rower, whereas I see Nanai has been and... Obviously, yeah. you know, discipline might be a thing with him. Injuries are always a thing to worry about. And he's um he's good coverage, man, because he can do a job. So, um, yeah, it, it could be a good little one to just plug on the bench too because it looks like it's going to happen. So, um, yeah. but, yeah, for, for 471, you know, Lukey gets thrown right in the middle of all those other guys, maybe at the top end of the the mid-tier second row spectrum there. But, um, man, he's had some good scores in him before. He's done some things in the limited time that he's had with him. So I know there's some people out there that are very, very hot on it already. Um, he's got 121 in a game last year, sandwiched between a 27 and a 23. So whether that was a um, – no, they were all starting games, 55, 60, and 50 minutes. So he played good minutes and then just shut himself between the other two. I don't know what happened there. Um, but he has got that ceiling potential, maybe a starting position and a bit of a preseason in that second row spot might help him out. But, yeah, he's definitely got boom potential in him. So You've basically That's... summed it up what I wanted to speak about. With this. It was just three players in the back row uh, yeah. for the Cowboys, and it was those three players. But on Nanai, 4% ownership, I think it's too much for him, even 4%. I just – I don't know. I feel like we're bashing Todd Payton, but just – how they played last year for the roster that they had, I just could not believe it. And Nanai's specialty, obviously, was that crossfield kick that was sort of put in about 15 to 20 infield that he could pluck out from the, the halfback that couldn't jump. And teams last year worked that out very quickly, and they had no answer to counter that. It looked like the Cowboys all season, and I think that's what's really impacted Nanai's scores last year. He, the tries really dried up a lot. Um, he only played 13 games as well last year, so he couldn't get his body right at all. So there's an argument to say you've got, you're going to get him at a discount, but there's also an argument from what I'm saying is teams have found him out as well. Like I feel like 
he's got to go to another level yeah. now and he's got to find add some aspects to his game that I haven't seen him do yet. I'm not saying he can't do it, but I need to watch to see if he can do that first before getting on him, especially yeah. at that almost 600K mark. Yeah, he's um he's a try-scoring second row, man. That's where his upside comes out. He seems to bang him in. Um, if he doesn't, he scores, you know, mid-30s, 40 points. Like, they're, they're quite low scores. So he's very dependent on getting those tries to push him to where he's priced at right now. And I would never rely on that sort of upside. You know, if they were had a low try-scoring year and they were going to work their way up to it, even like Sean Lane, you know what I mean? Like, Sean Lane had that cracker season scoring a few tries and I think he, I don't know what he scored 10 or 11 or something, but he, um, he didn't get that. And now there's potential to go up from there, but he's priced at the bottom of that side of things where Nanai is always going to be priced to pretty much his entire try scoring season. So I know in 22, he averaged 62 and that was a very good year for him. Um, not that far off where he was right now. So it was a bit quieter of a season and it was a bit more broken because he did get suspended for a long time. I think it was like a six or so week suspension or something. Um, and then there was just a game and it was all broken up. Like you could never get that sort of form back when you're playing a game every other two or three. So um, it's it's very expensive for now because of that. There's a good chance he dips hard, dips very hard. And it it just depends. I, I am pretty, I'm pretty keen on starting with a couple of Cowboys potentially. Because there are yeah, a fair bit of value um, to start with, and they do have a nice run for a little while. So, um, when's their when's their buy? Because I don't think it's for a while. What's it three four five six? Yeah, seven, I think eight, they're nine, 12, 13. Wow, it does. Yeah, I don't even know when. It's it's not for a long not not for any time you need to worry about. So um, that's kind of why I did want to get on a couple of them because there are got some got some yeah. price out there, but. Nano is not one of them, so. No, and as you said, I I don't mind the the Lukey shout. I'm just a bit cautious spending 471K on a guy that hasn't proven himself as a consistent 80-minute performer yet. That's that's my only worry when there's other players at the moment I can select who are low 400s who have proven that already and they're they're coming into that mid-range and they've got plenty of upside. I'm just treading cautiously. I'll be watching the, the trials very eagerly when it comes to watching Lukey and the sort of style that he'll play. And if Leilua definitely does get this um, release, yeah, it, there's a lot of ifs there. So just keep watching. Um, the halfback for the Cowboys, I don't really want to talk about because Chad Townsend, even at 384K, is not an option for mine. Um, there's 3% ownership. So there's a few of you out there that are attempted for whatever reason that is, good luck. Um, The Townsend era, unfortunately, is over. I'm hearing more and more. I don't know if I should say the rumor, actually. I'm I'm not sure if I should say, but I'll say this much. I'm hearing his spot in the team isn't as cemented as I think a lot of people out there think. No, I reckon Clifford gets the, the half spot at some point this season. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't Super know when it'll happen. Calling louder and louder. Yeah, it's yeah, man. Like you obviously got Clifford in there. Townsend's getting on. Just a natural progression of things, but yeah, I reckon at some point this year we see those two swap. I just don't know when it'll be. Um, a bit more exciting. Let's exciting. go to the five, five eight. Deedon, you Tommy can take Deedon. it away with Deedon. Um, I like Tommy Deedon. I think with the 
the amount of shit we have to kick through in the five eight spot. And if you're not spending big, um, he's a good option, man. They, we obviously, you know, they don't have the buys to worry about. He does have origin, um, so I reckon he'll get in there and do some things. But like, you know, you go through his scores. There's a lot of thirties to sixties, which you know it's pretty standard stuff. There was a couple of blowouts. He's got a 179 points. In a game that would have to be up there with one of the highest scores of the year for him, but obviously again against the Tigers, ding ding ding. Let's just pick anyone against the Tigers. It just seems like you're going to magically score over that many points. But um, 592, I, I don't think there's too much more. Well, there could be, you know. I just, you know, if there's going to be too much more cash upside out of it, I don't expect it because I think his 58 average is pretty consistent. Um, he's done it for two years, pretty much identically in a row. So you're getting him at what he's going to be priced at. But again, it's just if you don't have the money to spend off big, big premium dogs like Brown and Munster, um, you could do less. You could do a lot worse. You know, you could get Cody Walker. That would be way worse, in my opinion, than Tom did. So, um, yeah, I, I like the play. And I was very – I was on it from the beginning too. I thought, you know, if you do you need were. someone to go backwards with, it was pretty good for it. Um so, you know, I am half tempted there, and it does put you in that Cowboys position. Um, no buys gives you a good stretch of good fixtures too. Um, it gives you a good price point to go up to one of the big guys without sitting with your your Jaden Campbells or your Trindles or like Flanagan or something between three and 400K. You're close enough to them. You know, you can almost get there in a single move. So um, just things to consider. The longevity out of the 5'8 spot. Sometimes you just don't want the headache. You just want someone to play every week and that'll be dead. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am with him. man. Yeah. I, I tend, I'm seeing more and more upside with Tommy Dearden because I feel like for this year, he's going to be getting his hands on the ball even more. And he's going to become the, the chief operator here. I think there's no doubt in my mind when Townsend either retires or gets moved on from the Cowboys, whenever that is, I think Tom Dearden will turn into the halfback. I think he'll become yeah. the guy that this is your team, take over it. Um, and I love that for Tom Dearden. I think that um, – oh, we've, we've lost Jesse. He'll be coming back. There he is. He's back. I'm back. <laughs> um, he's um, – I think, yeah, it's a, if you want to get in on that Cowboys train that we're talking about and have at least one or two players, he's definitely one of those players at the top of my radar to get in for. It just means I don't have Dill Brown. I'm that high on Dylan Brown. I can't do it. But I can understand super coaches out there that want to free up a bit, bit of cash. That becomes that option for him. I definitely like the play. I'm not going to sit here and bag the play. And I think Tom Dearden is, as I said, in for a – he's averaging 58 last year. That's what he's obviously priced from. I can see that going up this year. I can see a lot yeah. more consistency when it comes to – a bit more of a higher score for Tom Dearden this year. But, again, it just depends on what we're going to see from the Cowboys because he is very, at the moment, attack-reliant. He's not a work worker when it comes at 5'8". He scores all his points basically off attack, which is fair yeah. enough for, for a 5'8". But it's obviously – I'm talking about trying to compare him with Dill Brown, which is hard to do when it comes to 5'8", because not many get through the work that he gets through. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think if – you. I can't diss it. I definitely cannot diss Tom Dean selection at all. Mm. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a pretty decent pick, man. It's obviously not exciting, but if he has a breakout year, because, again, it's just been a lot of potting away and scoring is, you know, he, he always does a good job, man, even with it's not super coach relevant scoring or not. 
um, out on the field, he does a good job. So if he gets those points, you know, if he gets tries and assists like he pretty much always does, really, he always seems to be up and around it if he's not there anyway. So, yeah, it could be it could be a good year for him because, um, you know, we've seen two 58s in a row out of him and that was nothing too groundbreaking for him. So if he's only on the up, you'd have to expect that to rise. So gets him in a good spot. I agree. Center wings, um, only probably maybe the one or maybe two players to talk about here. In there's, a, there's a couple. Val Holmes. Yeah there, yeah, there is a couple. Val Holmes, 736K, 9% ownership currently. Um, I currently am, that, am one of those owners oh my. Uh, of, of Val Holmes. I've just found my way to even – I did the same thing last year. I actually started with him last year, and he's always had a soft spot for me when it comes to Supercoach. I just – the goal-kicking side of things, I generally try to avoid centers in this position, but he's one of those ones that he just works. He works his ass off. He gets base. He gets the tries. He gets the goal kicks. He just gets points. He just finds ways every week to be consistently 60 to 70s, and I just love it. Yeah. (laughs) Even at 736K, I just want to make sure he's in my team. Yeah. I feel like even at 736K, it's kind of a good price for him too. Yeah. Um, there's a pretty decent little chance he's the he's the best center come the end of the season. You know what I mean? Like you could say it every year, but he's he's always that good. Um, I just when he's on, man, he's on. There's there's not many people that can do what he can do, but he's just very consistent. And again, last year wasn't the most amazing year for him in general, but still killed it. You know, still unbelievable. So the kicking is a big plus. I don't think anyone above him besides Azarko has that sort of kicking outlet. And I just don't think Azarko is really going to have that much opportunity now with Herbie there. So, um, Would you put yeah, him in the I, premium category? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I'll say this then. I'm going to put a bold statement out. I would have him as the number one pick in center wing. The, the number one Bell pick Holmes. in center wing. I'd still probably have Greg yeah. Marzio as the number one pick, personally. Um. I'll, if you can I'll afford to, to spend the, the bulk, bulk coin, because, you know, he's a base that demon. He doesn't need those kicking points to get to where he got to. Um, well, obviously, it's just a it's just a bonus, you know, for Holmes, if he can get that side of game into him as well. But he's not as, you know, commanding as a, a physical figure as Marzu is either. So you can't really yeah. put him on the same platform there. But um, he's, he's a lot more technical, and he's got more to his game, I think, in general. So... Yeah, he's, he's a very, very good player, man. Um, I still, yeah, I definitely think he's a premium. I don't think you can have a lot more than him in your center wing spot. So I've currently got him in my up- team. But, uh, hey, there's upside. There for sure there's, is upside. Oh, there's upside. And his upcoming opponents, obviously, the Dolphins last year, 88 points. Newcastle last, last year, 105 points. And the Dragons last year, 92 points. So... Yep. Oh my well, god! There is literally legitimate reasons that he will actually increase coin from the start next year. Uh, this year. Yeah, I reckon from maybe five rounds in, he's the highest averaging center wing in the in the game at the time. Um, yep. Might even keep going too. It just depends on depends on how they run. It depends on how the Cowboys come out. If they come out like they did last season, 
you just don't want to be in on any, any of them but i can't see that happening two years in a row so um man it's it's a good pick i've i've been trying to find a way to get one of these cowboy centers in the Funny. team because i don't want two but i still feel like they're good value you did men- you do mention the the starter last year and i was i did have him last year Look at the scores he got. And this is with a struggling Cowboys outfit. He started at 724K, so pretty much ide- almost identical, minus 10K for this year. 63, a 47, a 67, a 69, a 60, an 88, a 46, and 105. Yeah. Honestly, like even struggling, he just finds points. Yeah. I don't yeah, know how he does it. He's too. so consistent. Imagine the Cowboys coming out this year and playing an extra 15% of the level they were at last year because the level they were at last year to start the season was absolute dog shit. They were at 30%. If they can get up to that 60%, 70% mark and be challenging consistently week in, week out games and feel like they're all there, Mm. I'm I'm not nervous because I I own him, but I'm nervous for the people that don't own Val Holmes because you're quickly going to be just priced out of not being able to get him at all. Like there's yeah. legitimate. I feel like there is legitimate reasons there why he could become quickly a a 900k outside back. I 100 percent agree, um, and I think we're going to see a lot of people this year because of um, because of how hard it is to spread that coin around and how little value there is. And you know, you look at the ownerships and you think that everyone's going to have strange um, Eero Chevy Stewart, uh, maybe Bostock, Taylor May might even be your dearest center wing. If that happens to um, to Val Holmes, it's impossible to get him. And it can be said to anyone above him plus 600K if you don't have someone there already. So, um, yeah, if your whole center wing is, you know, less than 400 or, you know, 500 is your dearest player, um, it's, it's going to be very hard to get someone like him for a long time too, unless you sort of plan around it and make a few trades leading up to it. So... Um, I don't know, I could sort of hop on about having someone there as a, as a quick little chip to move up, you know, up the line when they go, but it's very important. You will get left behind pretty quickly on these sort of guys. Um, I know so many people last season missed the boat on Azarko and Mazu, and they were never able to get him. Um, I had them both from their very beginning of, well, I wouldn't say very beginning, quite early in their price points. And it never, you know, it never occurred to me that people struggled to get those guns because I thought you would have just got them when they started, you know, hot, like heating up. But at the same time, like I started with Toto last year and he was 700K. So I was able to make that swap quite easily where if it was quite different, you know, if I didn't have that sort of player, I wouldn't have done those moves. It would have been impossible to. So um, it's just something to consider, man. There is definitely big value in these center wings now, um, especially kickers because there are a couple. Um, yeah, you make a good point, man. He could definitely hit. 900k after six rounds maybe you never know and then then no one's getting him after that no one's gonna be buying him in at that price it'd be it'd be insane too so you just want to be able to be there if you can fingers crossed uh told us you said there was a few more you wanted to talk about i'm happy to leave users take control of this one um zach labart and murray talagi are the only other two really that i'm i'm very interested in i would say it's it's between the two and it kind of just depends on how much money i'm spreading around um if i need a cheaper option zach labart looks like a really good shot played i think it was four games scored three tries um you know 
I know at the moment he's competing for a spot potentially with Valea. Um, I don't think he has much to worry about personally, but, um, you know, competition's always a good thing. Might be. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's ended the last last two games, 91-65. Like, I love to see that sort of shit, man. Show me you can do it. Like, and show that's a thing too, whether or not, again, we can look at the coach and think what, what he thinks about a player. I don't think his form has anything to do with what team selection he puts out. Um, yeah, man, great, great amount of upside. He's priced at 465 with a 57 average. Obviously, he only played four games. So um, if he can even, you know, balance that out and, you know, doesn't need to have those 90 games, but if he can have those 50s and 40s or whatever it is, um, it's going to be quite a nice average for him and it's automatic upside. So that's why I like Labor. And um, I don't know. I just I just have a feeling about Talagi. I just think he's in for a really good season. I think he's due one. Um, there's been a lot of talk every year about him sort of pushing that next envelope and going up and up and up. But I think this year, you know, with the origin stuff going down and just, you know, they weren't very flash hot last season, but, you know, he did better in 22. He averaged 55. So, yeah, he, he's got it in him. They just need to just need to score a few more tries through him and he can have good value. I don't see the the price hike that you could get out of Labot out of Tulagi. Um, but I see, I don't see Talagi being as much of a, a like a risk for his position as Laybot could potentially be. I think he's pretty well locked yes. in. So, you know, you're paying the extra 60k or whatever the difference is. What is he? 528 to 465. So do your quick maths on there. I think it's about 55 um, for like, a guaranteed wing like... spot. Hey, yeah, I'd for a player to play. But yeah, that's the thing. I, I'd be leaning more time... towards Laybot. Yeah. Just depends. I'm also leaning towards Talon Maiden. I think it's out of those two. You have one or the other. I think you have both. Hammer time, nearly, baby. Nearly every team that I've made up, if I had didn't have like a Val Holmes premium spec sort of thing in there, if it's not Val, like if I, I'm not going to put Val Holmes and Laybud in. I, I just can't go too too all in on the Cowboys thinking about how they started last year. Even though I do think he is great value, um, I might, you know, eat my words, I might make that late change if, it looks like he's going to go up in price quite a lot after round three. I might get him in. Um, I just don't know if I'll start with him if I start with Holmes. So if it's not Holmes, I put in Labot, and then I bring Cam Munster back into my 5'8 spot. That's that's kind of my mentality with it. So Because the, the prices are near identical with the, with the math I've worked out. I actually don't have to go up or down on any amount of coin. I think about $1,000 between them. So... There's a few moves to make, um, but yeah, I think Laybot's great value, man. I really do. Um, and yeah, three percent ownership—it's really low, really low, considering. Yeah, it yeah. It, it is. It is. Um, I don't know anything else to say with the center wings. Um, you've summed it up extremely well, and I'm just a pleb who is all in on Val Holmes, I guess. And as I keep saying, hammer time, baby. So um, <laughs> that, that is that is me. Uh, I want to talk about the fullbacks, though, because Scott Drinkwater, the second-best fullback of Supercoach last year, an 83.4 average over 21 matches. It's insane. Yeah. Um, that's why he's priced at what he's priced at. Uh, 5% ownership still. So there's a lot of people, or I shouldn't say a lot of people, but there's a decent amount of people who are backing Scott Drinkwater to go again, or Drinky as as we like to call him. 
I cannot go anywhere near him at that price of one year. It's too much for me to risk. Yeah, that's the only reason I haven't really pondered it too too hard in my own team. But I cannot knock any of the 5% that own him. He's unbelievable last season, man. I can. Well, he is a world beater. Honestly, I think if you're playing that, we talk about the balls every episode, man. We haven't pulled the balls out yet. Yeah. That's, that's huge. And I think, again, what happened last year, a lot of people didn't have him because they missed the boat. Um, I got on drink water probably a little bit later than I wanted to, but I still had him and I still enjoyed it. Um, yeah, man. Fuck, if you had him, you just you just couldn't believe it. It was like having Gutho at the time, thinking, what am I seeing? Except Drinkwater just kept, you know, the ceiling was there. You know what I mean? Like, how many times did he get over 100? I think it was quite a few. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. And then there was a few that were at, like, what, 98, 96. So... Obviously, look where he ended. You know, he was the second highest. Um, but just a monster. Again, it's very hard to go off one year. You don't know. You don't really you know, know what's going to happen. You know why I can... I'm be controversial here. You know why I can have a go at the 5%? Because they probably don't have Ponga. That. There's Turbo. There's yeah. Latrell. Uh-huh. There is there are three options for mine who are if you're wanting to spend that kind of money for mine, I'd be going either of those three before I'd be going drink water every day of the week because I know I know all three of them actually have injury history and, and it's always a risk whenever you go those three. But I feel like if you're spending that much money at the back and you're going for the two absolute top quality fullbacks that a lot of uh, players like to do, you're you're happy to go that um, that gamble and and risk the the injuries because you know the upside that you'll get out of the other three players. Where if Drinkwater had done this, now this is like his third year of doing this sort of stuff, and every time he plays, he gets those sorts of points. I'm all for it. I just feel like as a game, it's an unnecessary gamble when the other players that are available. And two of those players that I've spoken about are cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that Turbo's cheaper than drink water, I would always be on Turbo every day of the week for that. Um, the season before, the 22 year, he averaged 71 drink water, um, scored over 104 times. Five times he scored 100. Um, he scored 94 once, and there was a fair few 90s there. So, like, he did pretty good too, man. But again, he had those low games. The 40s, he had a whether it was injury related, he had a 12 pointer. So, um, and that was when the Cowboys were a lot better as well, like overall in their oh, year. wait, no, that was just against the Panthers. That was a full game, 12 points. So, that, <laughs> okay, that's, that's gonna that, hurt. That, is, that explains it, yeah, that's gonna hurt. But he did the same thing in the last game of the year as well against the Panthers. He scored um 29. I didn't need that in the last round. That's what, what I got out of my fullback, I can tell you what. So that, that did suck. Um, but again, man, the hundreds were pretty. So, um, yeah, it's fun. a lot of coin. Yeah, it was, wasn't fun. Um, but <laughs> what do you do? 
It's if, a uh, lot. Anyone out there is playing a drinking game whenever we mention Todd Payton this episode, you, you're sorry to say, but you probably ended up. Bloody yeah, they're unconscious, time, man. So. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're getting your stomach pumped. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, guys. Toddy Payton, love you. Yeah, good on you, Toddy. Um, it's Bitcoin. Again, good run. Make of that what you will. If you want to take the risk, do it because he's the lowest. Next to Gutho, the fact that Gutho is 2% owned and Drinkwater is 5%. There's a bit difference into that one. Um, when you're talking 50k between that quality of player two, when you're already spending 800, it may as well be anything. You just pick the one that you back the most. And again, five people center back and drink water. Um, I am as well. I reckon he does really good to start. Don't know if it's 850k is worthy, but um, I still feel like he has a very, very good season. So it's very hard to top what he did I'm last not- year, though. Very hard to do what he did again. So it'll just it'll just step him up. I suppose it'll make him it'll prove a point. Like if he's that level of your your pongers and turbos and latrells, you know what I mean? Like if he can really stake his claim and do this again next season, I have a really strong chance that coming into the twenty five year, if he's priced around the same, you'll see that way higher. Because okay, he's done it two, three almost three times now. So yeah, it's just, it's just early days and he just looks so young too. He looks like a kid out there. I just can't see him doing what these other guys are doing. You see this little boy running around. So, yeah, no, nah, he's, he's just a freak, man. I love watching him play. So, can't give the kid raps anymore. He's um he's a good one, but it's just very pricey tag. So, yeah, no, I, I, I agree for sure. And I think that's a good time to stop with the Cowboys. Um, and basically, that's the, the end of our. Super Coach team preview for 2024. Jesse, we have done it. Uh, we promised a massive episode. We have delivered on that. And I reckon that has definitely ticked us over the 10 hour mark. I will be going and, yeah. and looking and, and checking um, the stats on that. But guys, we promise you this year, League of Inches is going to be huge on the Super Coach space. We have delivered and I can officially announce as well. Uh, Thursday night we will be recording it, so I think Friday morning will be the release time. We're going to have a draft chat. Um, myself, Jesse, and a guest appearance. He is featuring in the inaugural League of Inches Draft League, so I get to sort of pick brains of two big players this year. I know they're both a little bit nervous about that, but I literally don't know what the hell I'm doing, so they don't have much to worry about. <laughs> yeah. um, so really keen, guys. There isn't much draft content we've found out there. So Friday morning, set your alarms, click that bell notification on your, your podcast or YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. You will see that episode. Uh, keen as to, to get into that with you, Jesse. Um, but that's it. Really pleased with how everything's gone and, Bring on this year for Supercoach. We've got some final changes to make. Bring on uh, the, the trials as well. Obviously, Thursday uh, Thursday before that um, recording, we do have that first trial. So keen to see the Storm versus the Doggies. Yep. See how Pap goes. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Paps gets through because he's still a, a sneaky option for mine if he can get through. And I don't mm. like the Storm's draw, but it's Pap. So we know what Pap can do when he's, when he's fully That's fit. Right. Yeah, Have a right. good night, Jesse. That's that's all you we got. Too. Nah, that's it, man. Enjoyed it. It was a it was a good ten hours, I think. We'll have to do a bloke thing and try and do it all in one sitting next year. Oh, you know, I thought crossed my mind to just add it all together and then upload as one big show. And I thought, nah. Out of all the cutting up I've had to do so far <laughs> in every episode and release the individual teams, I can't do that. And my internet will absolutely hate it. It will just yeah. 
some of these nah. episodes take bloody two hours to upload, so I'm not doing that. Yeah, it's not worth it. No, nah, we've we've done all right, man. Been fun with we this one. Yeah, well. now that um, yeah, team list about to start. The trials are about to start, and the team lists are coming through. So we ended at a very nice time. Kept us going. Yeah. So things are going to keep ticking over. Very nice. Time. Timed it perfectly. Thanks again, guys, for all the support. We really, really do appreciate it. Keep getting behind us. Keep sharing the page when you can. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. It goes a long way. And enjoy the uh, the, the the content that is to come. And as I said, draft on Friday morning. Get ready for the episode. Hey there, Joel from the League of Inches podcast. Just wanted to quickly say a massive thank you for taking the time out of your day to give us a listen. I really do hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did do so uh, and you want to support the page that little bit further, make sure you give us a follow and a like. It does go a long way supporting the page and helping us reach um, other people to listen to the podcast as well as giving us a like and a follow on all our social media platforms. We're available on all of them. Just type in League of Inches. It does go a long way. Finally, if you can just give us a rating for the podcast, uh, it will go a massive way of giving us a bit more support as well. So, Again, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We're going to be averaging about three to four podcasts a week minimum, so make sure you get around the page. Massive things coming up this year in 2024. Have a great day.